Hi, I'm Cliff Chang, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Look at that. I was I was waiting, but just out of habit, to see right? if someone was going to step on me. But then I remembered that there's no chance of that happening tonight. No. You are Kevin Costner in Waterworld. You're clear sailing. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dennis Hopper's chasing you. Oh, Lord. In my dreams. Was, was, was that okay? I heard a slight echo. No, I it was good. I can. F- okay. It sounded great to me, maybe because okay. I've been woohoo starved for the past couple days. Oh, but... you tear up. Oh, it's okay. Did, Don't uh, cry. Did, did, were you guys hit with any winds or anything Sunday night into Monday? No, it wasn't bad at all. They, they predicted like one to three, and I think we got one. Yeah, we did. If that. It, rained. it was, for the most part, it was light rain. It, it, it broke. It. it it stopped raining for a little bit, late morning, early afternoon, and then from like two, three o'clock on, it kind of just steady rain, and, and it was fine. But apparently, as the rains tapered off after midnight, is when the uh, the winds kicked up, and that's I think apparently twelve thirty quarter to one or so. Yeah, same, same. Then, um, uh, the the highest winds I think we got were like twenty eight, twenty nine oh, miles shit, an hour. I wish. Yeah, nothing. I wish. Why? What did you guys get? Forty? I think I think we were looking at like yeah, about forty. Well, that's really not so bad. It's it's not bad, but um, I think I mean I think there were some gusts. There, there there were probably some around closer to fifty, which is you know again it's considering that there was tropical moisture coming up the coast and 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 this is riveting radio, I'm sure. But no, uh, no. there was all this. I think we we got off pretty well i i i think we i mean we escaped unscathed but uh there's um it could have been worse obviously but it doesn't take much for uh because of because of all the years of salt and brining the road during the winter and all of that runs off into the soil it fucks up the roots of the trees and you get a decent enough wind and and if it if the soil is wet enough from all the rain it doesn't take much to to knock a tree down you get flying trees yeah you do so, uh, like I said, I mean, it was, we, we woke up and left the house without power and then came home and it was fine. So, I mean, I'm, again, it, it's just fucking par for the course up here. So, right. And I got some tropical moisture going on right here because yeah. this, because it's all down south, baby. Cause this is 11 o'clock comics episode 503. Damn. Yes. Kicking them out like crazy and, uh, but quality. And I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. I have missed you. It's been. It feels like it's been so so long. Uh, but I am David A. Price. You are. And what what what's that? Wait, I don't hear anything. I that's be. That, yeah, that's because Jason's not with us tonight. He has children of age to go trick or treating, and he's doing his fatherly duties. He's taking his kids trick or treating, so that's why he's not here tonight. Because this is Halloween. The he veil. was also working for the man. He, he was, well, yeah, uh, but so still. there's it, it's. But yes, it was uh, literally on assignment, more or less. But it's uh, he 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 is missed this evening. We we know that um, we had to get another episode out to everybody for this month. Uh, unfortunately, though, because Jason is not here tonight, that means our October book of the month, which 
of course, everybody voted for, mostly everybody voted for Lock and Key. Yeah, I did. Uh, Welcome to Lovecraft. I'm sorry, you? I didn't. I didn't either. Uh, it's, um, we're, 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 we're going to talk the October book of the month on Thursday, November 2nd. So a little bit of cheating. It's, listen, it, it's going to happen, but that means in November, if everything checks out, uh, y'all will get two, geez, y'all will get two, uh, book of the month discussions in November. And hopefully by late tomorrow, uh, definitely by the time we all get together on Thursday, we will have the November uh, nominees listed for everybody to vote on. So Yeah. I thought it was the boss's kid playing a joke, but it's not. It's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, <laughs> where you... See, Dap got that because he loves me. You can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at a fra- stop at a fraction <laughs> of the retail price now. The Veil Between Worlds is very thin tonight, which means you cannot see the list of specials for November. But rest assured, they will be, the discounts that is, will be both deep and plentiful. Everything's going to be discounted. It's going to be crazy. It's like a comic book free for all at Discount Comic Book. Yeah. Discount Comic Book Service. And it's all for you because you're smart. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions. And you get your books all wrapped up and securely packed and delivered right to your door by, if it happened today, maybe a costumed custodian of uh, some shipping service. Yes. And if you are like most people, uh, you are happy to receive an email with tracking information. So they really oh. want to make sure uh, you're you're clued in and, and, and you're in the know from the whole ordering process to the books being delivered <laughs> to your door. Uh, I.e., I am not clued in and in the know. <laughs> so, I don't like so it. I'm not naming names. It's, it's no, fine. I just hate it. I it's really hate it. It's just, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to cope. Trying to deal with it. There is, however, one item I am interested to see what it's discounted to. I for some I don't know how the hell I got an email from um, at work of all places from Amigo Publishing, and they uh, they are actually offering uh, by Jack Kirby and Wally Wood the Sunday strips in color of that little science fiction newspaper strip. And according to, and it's a hardcover, and I think it's supposed to retail for like, but it's only like I think a year's worth of strips, or maybe fifty-two Sunday. And but it's it's, uh, I think it's like thirty-five retail. So I'm curious Oy. to see what it's going to be discounted to. That would be nice if it was half price. It would be, but this publisher, I'm not too sure. What was right. it? And and yeah. So, but it's it's, uh, um, and and it, I also need to see the. The, the physical dimensions of the I, I want to know what the page sizes are I don't I don't want to re I, I, I don't want to relive the whole Eagle Moss UK strips oh, yes yeah. mm. still hurts. although it, it, but you know what I thought I was over it but then I received and I have it right next to me I received the all-in-one edition of Death Note and it is, you know, it's 
it's I think a little thicker spine wise than the bone all in one. But obviously it's smaller. I believe it's smaller than a, than a traditional manga size comic. Like if I if I stack it next to Monster, um, Monster physically is is a little taller. But because of the spine and the size of the pages, it's it's not as bad as the Eagle Moss, but it is a little difficult to read as you get to the middle of the collection. Oh boy. No, I, I wonder I, why they would reduce the size of it a little bit. It, I mean, it, the art is is tight and right. It looks sharp because obviously it's smaller, so it 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 is completely on point. Not that the art ever really slacked in the traditional published but, versions, but right. um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it to be this 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 tiny. Was it like Bazooka Joe small? Like how, how small is this? I will. It's take a picture uh, of him, put it on the uh, on the Facebook page, if you want. I will. Let me. What, what can I? What do you, you want me to, to put it next to? You don't have to no, do it no, now. No, I know, I know, I know. What we're talking. And he goes away. Um, well, <laughs> while <laughs> I have a thank you, I have two thank yous actually. Awesome. Go for it. Yes. Um, thank you. Number one. And or A, depending on how you look at things, um, was uh, sent to me by my good buddy, everybody's good buddy, Mr. Will Pfeiffer, current writer of The Librarians over at Dynamite. He sent me a book, and it's written by Ian Shirley. It's called Can Rock and Roll Save the World? An Illustrated History of Music and Comics. Hmm. Yes, published by um, uh, SAF Books. And um, I, I believe it's a British publisher because they spell colored wrong. Oh. And they put a U in there, which is unpleasant. It is. It is a, it is a, a British publisher. But talk about making a beeline for my soul. This thing contains a lot of stuff, most of it in color. Uh, Steve Laffler's Bug House. You have uh, Tupac. You have some, uh, let's see, Mike Allred, of course, and Madman. It's it's just the, the music and, and comics connection. Um, Jamie Hewlett and the Gorillas, of course. Tank Girl. Let's see. We have some Rob Zombie and the Spook Show comic. We got some Pete Bag, of course. Robert Crum, who has, uh, who was asked questions by the author, Ian Shirley. And instead of, um, word processing his submission, he scanned Crum's replies because Crum wrote extensive, uh, handwritten text as he did for Weirdo. And Shirley, they just scanned it, which I think is awesome. He didn't even blast out the, the grays, he, it just looks like a flat scan, like no modification whatsoever, which is great. Of course, the Kiss, uh, Howard the Duck connection is in here. Rock and Roll Comics, Unauthorized and Proud. It's There's a ton of stuff in here. All of it, Dazzler, there you go. All of it relating to uh, comics and uh, music, and this is awesome. I'm going to read the hell out of this. Judge Dredd, Love and Rockets, uh, Jimbo in Purgatory, by my man Gary Panther. 
We got some John Holmstrom. Of, I mean, all of the notables are in here. Punk Magazine, uh, P. Craig Russell, Sun Ra, and the Batman Connection. If you don't know it, look it up. This is a great little book. The Monkeys, The Beatles, Bowie, Grateful Dead, Tim Truman. I can go on and on and on, but of course I won't. Maybe I will. Uh, even Strange Tales is in here. Archie and Josie the Pussycats. Woohoo! This is an amazing book. It's uh, 288 pages, and Will loves me so much that when he saw it, he uh, grabbed it and sent it to me. And Dap is... Will's a nice guy. Of course he is. And the, uh, the second thank you comes to me uh, courtesy of Vishal Rajani. He's, yes. He said, I saw this at a used bookstore and I thought it might be something you would enjoy. Well, you know what, Vishal? You were absolutely correct. And I also don't have it, which is Ooh. crazy because I love the artist. Uh Massimil, oh boy, this, Damn it. see, I, I almost, I almost uh, blew the, uh, the, the bit, but it's uh, from Frizzato. It's a heavy metal publication. Now I have all of Keepers of the Mazer, and I love it so much. But this, this is the Frizzato sketchbook. I don't know where he found it. I don't have it. Now I do. I'm extremely grateful. Uh, it's wordless for the most part. It's just tons. Of, what are you doing? I am. I'm. I'm trying to move something. I'm sorry. I should have muted. You know why you're trying to move something? Because you're taking that damn picture, aren't you? No. Oh, what are you doing? I already took it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for my patch cord. No. Uh, the, it's it's uh, all the characters that we know and love. If you haven't read Keepers of the Mazer, I, I I would implore you to do so. Uh, all the characters from that magnum opus, mostly in pencil. Uh, the thought process is in full view. The technology and the, the various characters and creatures, and it's all here. It's all great. And uh, Vishal, again, like Will, loves me so much that he uh, decided to send it to me, and I'm I'm just so so thankful. So thank you. Um, maybe I'll. I mean, I've just paged through it. I haven't really digested any of it. So maybe after I have done so, you'll hear more about it. Can't wait. And that's all I have for the thank yous. Aw. Yeah. You have any? I... No, I don't... I don't believe I do. Mm-hmm. And if I do, then I'm, I apologize. I, I thought I usually write things down and I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think I do at the moment. Well, that's okay. So I have something that may lift your spirits. Ask me when I'm drinking. Just you being here lifts my spirits. Wow! I just but what are you drinking? I whacked my head off the microphone because oh. I bent down to pick up the bottle of Walnut Crest, oh. 2016 Malbec. That I buy those. You buying those Magnum bottles, don't you? I do. Yeah, that, me too. Me that too. I, that I bought. Well, I'm thinking. You know, I would rather get a Magnum than the big ass jug. And oh, mo- yes, most yes. of the stuff that I want to drink doesn't come in a big ass jug. It comes in this magnum bottle. And the magnums are like, you know, ten ninety nine, twelve ninety nine, yeah. and yet whereas you'll as you start to explore, some of the smaller bottles 
are going to be about the same price. So I, 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 I'm with you. You know, I, I like there are times where I'm not always looking to pair a wine with a meal. I don't need to Great. transcend. I don't need some yeah. heavy, exp- heavenly experience. I just want to have a nice glass of wine while I relax at the end of the day. So right, that's right, right. where the big ass bottles come in. When I start that. talking pairing wine with meals, yeah, I've gone too far. <laughs> You've gone you just need to far pull, enough. You need to pull me back. And no, that's I'm I I, 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 you know what I drink with meals? Yes, I do. Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which just washes down the solid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks down acidically and everything. I do. Actually, I I have a a heartfelt thank you to everybody who uh, I'm friends with or um run in the same circles with uh online i i I want to i know that the second season uh in its entirety premiered on friday on the 27th of october and i was able to watch all nine there's one extra episode compared to last season all nine episodes of the second season of stranger things without a spoiler insight well, that was another reason why I haven't been online very much. I'm only sure. I'm only starting episode three. Okay. Uh I want to talk to you when you finish it. There is um the, the, the whole season or episode three? No, no, the the whole season. Okay. Because I, I it it's it and all it, kind of came together, so for me to just try to I, I know some I remember some of the episodes based on things that happened, but for the most part, I won't be able to tell you what happened in episode three compared to what happened in episode five. It's just, it, right. it's a, um, I actually blew by something that you had tweeted. Cause really? I, yeah. Cause I saw stranger things and it kept going and I'm just like, okay, I'm not reading this. See you adapt. Talk to you later. Going. Wait, what did I, I don't are know. You sure but it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was a spoiler because I didn't read it. But if anything, they were probably just check-ins when I was listing off when I was watching an episode. But no, it looked like a sentence to me. It didn't look Uh-oh. like the S one. I know, apologize. S two. Okay. Yeah, because I thought, wow, that's kinda, yeah, kind of out of character. Now go back on your. Don't do it now. I'm not now. I'm not go now. back in your tweets. It's. I don't. I can't tell you how specific it was because as soon as I saw Stranger Things, I was gone. Oh, I don't. I, I'm. Yeah. I do not blame you. Uh, the. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm glad I, I avoided spoilers for that. Uh, fantastic, fantastic season overall. Loved it. Um, one 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 minor issue I have with it, but it's all overall, it's all good. Uh, and thank you to everybody. I, I try to watch. If I can't watch it Sunday night when it premieres, I try to watch that week's Star Trek Discovery on Monday. I couldn't get to it until tonight, so um, I was quite proud of my. I mean, luckily. I've been busy doing other things, but I even avoided some of the um, the the groups I tried to right, right. chime in on. But yeah, well, my enthusiasm took the better of me uh, when Twin, Twin Peaks was airing, and I would occasionally post images from yes. the episode, but I wouldn't put any context in it. I wouldn't even say where they were from, and 
I would wait. Yeah, maybe the next day. And this is because I was so excited. And now I'm looking back thinking, well, you know, that could have been construed as spoilers. But they weren't like crucial images. They were just images I thought were cool. Maybe one was a crucial crucial image, maybe. Like it, it's not somebody stabbing somebody else with a knife, like full frame. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. something associated with the weirdness um, in the other world stuff. And I was, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to post it. And now I'm thinking, mm, you know, maybe I should have waited another day or two. But it's all water under the bridge. I don't usually do that with anything. The t- Twin Peaks was an anomaly because I was yes, so, so damn something- excited. It's there's not much of a chance of it repeating, at least as far as something as as extreme or loved uh, for you as Twin Peaks. Right. So I ordered the Blu-ray. Did you? I sure did. Of course you did. Yep. All right. Um, and did you? you I don't. Oh. You have to say what you're drinking. I am finishing off the uh, the bottle of Mato Backbone that I started last week. Nice. I would like to thank Jason. This Why? may this may be sound a little because he's not here this week, which with this episode, which gives me the opportunity to talk something that would normally put him to sleep. Mm. Yes, so that's thanks for doing your your duty to your fam. But I get to talk Tarzan later. Why not start now? Do I have to? I mean, I want you know I don't like to be first, but I will if you really want to hear it. <laughs> So cute. That's cool. Um, uh, yes. It is the trade paperback collection of Tarzan and Carson of Venus from Dark Horse. Uh, it not only collects the four-issue Tarzan Carson of Venus miniseries, it also collects a very amazing and awesome one-shot called uh, Tarzan Tale of Mugambi. Now, all of this stuff... All four issues and the one shot was uh, were written by Darko McCann and illustrated by the man responsible for the single greatest interpretation of the X-Men's number one mutant. And who yeah. would that who would that man be? X-Men's number one mutant? Yes. Well, I think you and I are going to differ quite. Of course we are. Uh, but I do believe I know who yours is. Who that? Probably some dude who goes by the name Cable. Yes, you would be right. And, and who produced the greatest rendition of the Ascani Sun ever? I was going to give it to the OG Rob Liefeld, but I think no, I like you. this better. Yeah, yeah, because you love the the Ladron. Nope. Oh, don't say Igor. Igor Corday, my or man. Igor Corday. Yes, it. he is a phenomenal talent. This collection is just um, it's just gorgeous. But uh, if you're not in the habit of buying little thin little trade paperbacks, all this stuff. The three, the four issues, and the one shot are included in Dark Horse's Tarzan Omnibus, the first volume, along with like twenty other comics. So, if you want to get a gigantic chunk of comics, get that Tarzan 
omnibus because it's like twenty four ninety five and you can discount it at dcbservice.com. It's even less, a lot less. I think I got mine for half. So if you're a Tarzan fan, you have many, many different flavors to approach this series. And it's a worthwhile series because the the four-issue mini is built around a framing sequence. I love when they do that, where they'll they'll introduce something in the first issue, and then the story takes a a drastic turn, and it goes, in this case, to another planet, and then it all comes back around, fourth issue settles back to the framing sequence, and it you get some closure, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in this, the framing sequence really doesn't have all that much to do with the... Well, I shouldn't say that, because Tarzan and Jane uh, have made a promise, a pledge to the parents of this young man named Bill. Bill, see, is a skinny, slight scrawny dude who was deemed 4F by the military. Mm, and yeah. and unfortunately, just when you know he feels like he's needed to extinguish that great evil over in Germany, the military doesn't want him. Uh, and he's taking it hard. He's wigging out. Uh, so um, the parents asked Tarzan and Jane to... to now, this is in civilization. Tarzan's, not, of course, not in the jungle. And um, to watch over the boy, and wouldn't you know it, just as, as they're, they're beginning their dialogue, a portal opens in this back alley, and um, a woman gets spit out. Beautiful woman. And unfortunately, Tarzan's a bit too close to the portal, and he gets sucked into it. Now, the portal, the other end of the portal, is on Amtor. And if you're a Edgar Rice Burroughs fan, you know that Amtor is the vernacular for Venus, where um, Carson Napier is tooling around. Uh, he's an Earthman, uh, expatriate. He's he's tooling around on Venus with his uh, his gal Duare. So Tarzan gets sucked to Venus, and this um, Loto. Uh, the uh, fire goddess of the plant people gets deposited on Earth, and she's basically just a tool to get Tarzan to to Venus. You you don't really see or read anything about her for the majority of the story. Really, it's just now, a, you know, way, a way to get Tarzan to Venus. If if Jason was here, yeah. Um, as soon as you mentioned Emtor, he'd ask about the the caveats. Mm-hmm. You could be Jason. No. That'd be cool. I can't pull that off. Little, little tiny shoes. Um, <laughs> so wouldn't you know it, Tarzan gets dropped on Venus just in time to give good old Carson a hand. See, C- Carson is being held captive by these savages, and they have him all trussed up. They have a, a big wooden, a big chunk of wood uh, behind his neck with his arms over it and his arms are bound to the thing and, and they're, they're prodding him blah, 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 and, uh, this gigantic tongs on. It's a, like a crab-like creature busts in and the, the savages go nuts because they, they don't know what to do. They're getting killed. So Carson, being Carson, fights the thing and it reaches out with its claw and snaps and he dodges just in time for the creature to snap the wood 
and he gets free and that's when Tarzan comes in and does the old jungle cry and and single-handedly beats the the Tongzan um but the story that's just the beginning and this thing is huge you uh you get to meet along the way you get to meet the various uh races and cultures on Amtor like the Myposans. The Myposans are fish people and they are hellbent on domination and subjugation. They want to rule Amtor. Uh and um Igor's fish people, he they're so animated. Uh the just the, the they have huge eyes as fish are ten, have a tendency to have. Uh but he uses them to great effect. Like during the story, things are said to certain um, myposans and just the look on their faces, like gigantic eyes, very expressive. Um, we get to meet the Jerlogans. And these are water people, but of a different sort. Picture, um, they have fin-like appendages on their heads and, you know, webbed fingers. and But... Their bodies are transparent. You can see right through them. You can see their internal organs. They're very susceptible to sharp weapons. Like if you puncture a Jer Logan, they're going to just gush all over the place and die. So they're, they're um, fragile outside of the water, inside the water, in water. They're very formidable. Um, now for the least reason, they control giant turtles. Massive turtles. They use these whistles to control the, the the turtles, and they're they're a formidable culture because they're they have these huge beasts that obey them, and um, they they also factor into the story. Um, there's the Timals, which are savage tree dwelling beings. Um, Tarzan gets in their good graces because he saves the chief's son from a spider. The, the the spider has the, the sun all wrapped up in a cocoon and he's going to get uh, his innards all sucked out and Tarzan comes and saves the day inadvertently. Um, but the, the gist of the story is the Myposans want to rule everything and they're not powerful or charismatic enough on their own, they're smelly fish people, to uh, to, to rule the planet. So they take the appearance of an albino human um he's got pink eyes uh long 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 white hair he looks like a p craig russell character mm. and um they they concoct this plan where they use this drug this powdery drug to turn the people docile and uh easily swayed let's say and when the uh the albino talks to them uh, and his name is the Love King. When when the Love King talks to them, they get and it's like uh, caught up in bliss. They they love his words. They want to be like him. There's a whole group of people that just color their hair white just to to in reverence to to the Love King. So it's not a good situation, and it's starting to spread. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Carson is his um his gal Duare is taken 
by the Love King. He just he's totally enamored with her. So they they're flipping the script. Most of the the cultures on Amtor are getting subjugated by the Love King because they're they're falling for him. Where the Love King follows for Duare. And he, when they first when he he gets her and he's like, "Tell me who do you love?" And she's like, "I, I love Carson." He's like, well, "No no 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 that's not how it works." I'm the, I'm the love king. You love me. And she, she won't budge. She loves Carson. And, and so, you know, she's playing hard to get. And that even entices him even more to, I mean, she's a good looking woman. Um, but, uh, push comes to shove. The, uh, many different things happen. The, the love king, uh, has built, well, the, um, the Myposans have built a floating city for the love king so he can travel around venus and just keep pulling all of these people into his uh sway and the city the reason why it floats is because it's built on the backs of the giant turtles that the jerlugans control big mistake why would you do something so stupid you know all it takes is the whistle to control the turtles but the the my posens are not so smart especially the 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 dude in in charge um the uh have you ever read carson of venus any any of burroughs's books no ah he's the same as tarzan but different if that makes any sense um it was just a way for Burroughs to write more fantastic adventures. Tar- there's a, a similarity between Tarzan and uh, Carson. They're, they're both, uh, again, to, to use a, a Heinlein, they're, they're both strangers in a strange land. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looked upon as gods. And when I tell you about Tale of Mugambi, you, this pushes that to the extreme. Um, but uh Amtor, which is like I said, Venus, is wrapped in cloud cover. Two layers of cloud cover, because if it wasn't its proximity to the sun, the sun's rays would boil the oceans. And the you that's used in the story, uh the last issue. There something pierces the cloud cover and it's not pretty. And uh Igor Corday, what he does, they use that as an excuse to just litter. There's two double-page spreads with just all these fantastically designed creatures that uh, Corday spits out. And uh, as I was revisiting this, because I've read this a bunch of times, it struck me just how similar Corday is to Richard Corbin. There's there's a lot. I'm not saying that Corday is on the same level sure. as no. Richard Corbin, but there's a lot of his his approach to the figure is very similar to Corbin's. Uh, his his facial mannerisms, like there's one panel in particular where Carson is just has this big shitting grin on his face and he's smiling directly at the viewer, and you could see Den Richard Corbin's Den in the face. Wow. You know, it's just they're 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 close, man. He he had his his approach to anatomy is very similar. Corbin's women are far more beautiful than Corday's, so that's you know that's a given, right? But um, the the miniseries is great, but I think the tale of Mugambi is even better. It it could be my favorite single issue of of a Tarzan comic ever. 
Um, like I said, Tarzan is depicted as a god. Not not just Lord Greystoke, Lord of the Jungle. Uh, you know, taught himself to read, very smart, formidable fighter. He's literally a god in this in this book. It's a it's a it's a story told by an old wise man to get a bowl of of supper, and it, it, of course you have to take it with a grain of salt, like the supper that it may have been embellished by the wise man. So he's trying to convince these people that you know this fantastic story is true. So he's he's hamming it up a little bit. We get that, but in in the story, Tarzan's a god and three of the higher-ranking animals come to him. You have Sawa the lion, Pus the snake, and Bon the ape. And they're like, you have it. Great, dude. Like, you're a god. Everyone listens to you. They obey you. We're just, you know, lowly animals. We want some of this god stuff going on. Can you? Do you think you can, you know, do three of your creatures of solid and elevate us to... Make us kings, make us like like you, and he's and Tarzan's like, yeah, okay, th- this could be a, a good idea. Let's see how it goes. So these animals are now anthropomorphic. The the uh, Sawa is a uh, he's a muscular dude, but he has lion like features. Pust is a woman with. Uh, slits for uh, in her pupils or slits. She's very shapely, but you know she still has the the mannerisms of a snake. And Bon is all hairy, a hirsute human, but there he, again he has great ape qualities in his features. And what they do is they do what humans do: they abuse their power, they aspire for more um, power and more. Um, potency and more uh, they they took a bite of the proverbial apple. They want enlightenment. And Tarzan is seeing what's going on. He's like, no, this is not good. He's pissed. So the yeah. animals invite him to a dinner. Um, uh, you know, they're going to, an olive branch. Let's Let's just talk about this over a meal. So Tarzan comes and he's still not convinced that they're on the up and up. So he has them taste the food that they serve to him. And it's they're okay, so he eats it. And then they have uh, Pus the snake drinks the wine. And he, nothing happens to her, so Tarzan drinks it. But the wine was laced with poison that came from Pust. And her poison has no effect on herself. So that's why she tasted the wine. So Tarzan's out of it. They throw him in a deep pit. The walls are... He can't climb up. Um, can't even see the top of it. And, uh, he's like, oh shit, what the frig am I going to do? This is terrible. I'm, I'm down here, you know, the middle of the day. I, I can't see what's going on. This is, uh, what do I do? And he looks down at his feet and he sees what? His shadow. And, and, and the shadow gets wider and the shadow turns into a human being. And that's Mugambi, who is Tarzan's shadow. But he doesn't look like Tar- Tarzan. He's, he's a, a bald um, African-American. And um, Tarzan's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, I'm your shadow. I'm with you wherever you go. You just don't notice me. And the, the sun, as it's traveling uh, through the sky, casts the shadow longer and longer and longer. And Mugambi's legs 
get taller and taller and taller and push Tarzan out of the hole. It's very cool. And the, uh, the, the animals, well, now the, the king animals, see that Tarzan has a, mir- uh, a, a shadow. So they're, they're like, well, uh, Sal with the lion, he's like, well, I want a, a, a duplicate too. But unfortunately, he looks into the surface of the water and creates a mirror image, not a shadow. And the mirror image is everything. It's, it's Sawa's opposite. And it kills him. And the story goes on from there. But it's a parable. It's, it's like a, a Grimm's fairy tale in the Tarzan universe. And it's amazing. You need to see it. I'll put images from both of these things uh, in the gallery accompanying this episode on 11oclockcomics.com. But just the power in Corday's work. He's such a command over the human form. Like this, I I don't get why he was. Let's be honest. When when he was on cable, he was pretty much despised. Now, is that? Do you think that might be because of who he followed? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think that's a big reason why. Um, but then when he went on to Soldier X. That didn't sell too much better. I don't even think it, it sold better because it only lasted, what, like 12 issues, if that? Yeah, I think so. And I'll tell you, I think his his cable's by far the best depiction of the character ever. And, no, what are you going to say? No, I, I, um, I think... Uh, I, I think I probably have to agree with you. Um... Sorry, I, I seriously just choked down my wine. You've never, ever said anything about Corday. Now I mention him, you're always just like, "Yeah, that's mm. that, that's mostly to just get in your ass." But the um, Ooh. <laughs> I I <laughs> <laughs> hey now it's not it's not just it's not oh. just at convention weekends. Oh, the uh, there's like I I wasn't reading Cable. As the years went on, I I like I like Capullo's Cable and X Force. Uh, I like I like T Bear's Cable, especially uh, following yeah. the uh, following the 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 Image Exodus. It, it was I like that. I, I mean, I, I like T Bear's line to begin with. I, he's not just art; isn't just a really talented anchor. The man, the man can pencil. So I mean, he he, mm-hmm. he can draw really, really well. Um, but I think depending on what you're going for, um, because I mean, nobody really is. But I am not a as huge a cable fan as you are. So it's. It's he's, not like he's where the X Men start and end with me. It's not like it, it, he's not like you know the Paul Smith drawing Slim or John Byrne drawing Superman. There, there are certain characters who, as soon as I think of the character, I think of one artist who I think of that vision, that version of that character. That that's the vision I have for that character. And mm-hmm. um, since I don't really have one for cable sure as hell isn't ariel olivetti it would likely be based on what i've seen over the years i i would i would say it's corday 
Wow, I love you even more. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I, I mean, I like the whole, I, it's, he just, it's, it, I'm not going to say he makes him look more human, but I mean, it, it's, everybody else draws him in with, with huge, hulking, massive person. Mm-hmm. And and how does someone like that just go through life and and blend in and and able to and, and so you know they're going to tell stories where that's not what he does he doesn't need to he's not a spy he doesn't have to who cares if he's noticed of course I mean he's got the eye and the scar and the arm you're going to be able to see he's going to stand out in a crowd but I I like how even though he still has the arm he's still scarred. Corday draws him in a way that he just not normalizes him, but more so than other artists ever have. Right, right. And even though both of these uh, works were illustrated by the same man, he's taken a different approach with each one. The the four-issue miniseries, Corday doesn't, use a lot of noodling within the contour line of the 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 for, the the figure he'll he'll go in and maybe nail down a bicep or a tricep with with minimal amount of lines in Taylor Mugambi there are lines all over the place he goes way into the contour and delineates the muscles with like little tiny tiny um groups of lines and it's it's a it's a more european approach mm-hmm. this is well within the boundary of like a, a mobius um or a Drier. like uh he doesn't shade within the first miniseries all that much he lets the colorist do that in the the one shot he's doing all the work like the coloring is just for the most it's it's watercolory and I think there are some panels where it's just a bit too intense. You have to stop and and see what's going on because there's variations in the color. There's variations in in the line work, and together, it's a lot of variation. <laughs> it's it's very it's a lot of information is what I'm saying. But he pulls it off. He he knows when to leave some, I call them dead areas, but they're certainly not dead, uh, negative space or uh, just just areas of calm that lets your eye just take a break. I mean, there is just uh, scads of marks in this Mugambi issue. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, but again, Tarzan's not a hard sell or Carson with me. I, I will read anything... Edgar Rice Burroughs, and this this did not disappoint at all. Uh, from Corday's beautiful cover illustration to you know the last page, uh, that uh, got to give it to Dark Horse. If you buy a Tarzan trade paperback, you can rest assured that there'll be examples of eight or ten other Tarzan books that they publish on the inside back cover that you can you know what I mean that you could f- go read more. They're, they're good about that. And they have a ton of Tarzan books, and I'm looking at this, and there's some that I don't, I don't have. I don't. Mm. I've never read Tarzan versus Predator at the Earth's Core by Simonston and Lee Weeks. When the hell did that come out? 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to get that. But yeah, it's it's um the equivalent of five issues and it cover price is twelve ninety five. It was released by Dark Horse Comics in two thousand and eleven, I I believe. Let me make sure. The original miniseries was published in nineteen ninety five, the one shot in nineteen ninety eight. Um Wow, could this trade paperback be published in ninety nine? Yeah. First edition, August nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Going back. I'm all Dark Horse this week. The next thing I have is Dark Horse too. Get out. Ah, I'm, I'm not That's kidding. That's not true. That's not true because there's something that you and I could have talked about last week and Jason shrugged off. So we are going to talk about that this week. He was a little tiny bit dismissive and I was, I was, yes. what? So he's not here. Yeah. So we can talk about it tonight. You can. We can. But first. Yes. But first, I'm going to tell you about a comic book drawn by someone who for years and to this day, I still, in my mind, will not pronounce this person's name correctly. Um, hmm. But this is a one-shot, even though DC numbered it number one, published in 1993 with a pretty funky Glenn Furby cover. Uh, this is written by Alan Grant, Mm -hmm. penciled by Val Semix. Yeah, you didn't pronounce that right, did you? I, I used to pronounce it Semeckis. Yeah, that's how I thought it was. But But then again, it's me. It's just, it's a K and an S. It's S-E-M-E-I-K-S. I think it's Semix. Hmm. You could be right. So, but yes, I used to always say Semeckis. Me too. No relation to Bob Semeckis, but I, I always, I never, I never say, I, I always think there's a vowel. I always think there's an E between the K and the S and inked by John Dell. This is a Lobo portrait of a victim. And I don't remember since you mentioned it every week last month. <laughs> is this one shot included in the trade? Uh, hang on, I can just tab back. Thank you. All right. Let's see. Uh, Lobo one to four paramilitary yep. Christmas special. What's Lobo's that? back, blazing chain of love, and convention special. So no, 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 this is not. So this might be in the next collection. Uh, but what's great is that there is a um, there is a letters page. What? Because yes. Uh, it's come to our attention that the credits for Lobo creators Keith Giffen and Roger Silver were inadvertently left off of some recent issues of Lobo. We apologize for this. Without Keith and Roger, Lobo wouldn't be what it is today. So in 1993, there was, he didn't have the ongoing at that point. Because this isn't an annual. I mean, did they, I know that they pretty much Wolverine him out where even though he was in every goddamn book and, and, and countless series uh they would still find time to do a one shot or eight throughout the year yeah but i i thought this this letter column was just a continuation of um uh yeah because no one oh wait no for those of you offended by the paramilitary christmas special uh so basically because they were putting out a lobo almost every month uh they were able to do 
letters pages even in the the one shot soon next month new lobo miniseries series called lobo un-american gladiators so oh, yeah mignola covers is, on that this was um a series written by two guys alan grant and john wagner two bastages very funny guy who the fuck wrote this trump also violent guys and scottish uh series drawn by one guy cam kennedy he drew some batman some some star wars also outcast <laughs> Cam, also a very funny guy and violent and Scottish. Uh, makes you wonder why they're... Makes you wonder about going to Scotland. Um, Light and Darkness War, too, didn't he? Maybe. I know he uh, he, he did some pretty cool um, Punisher issues, too. But Portrait of a Victim is pretty much exactly that. It, it's... Um, I, I like Val's take on on the main man, but it's not so much a Lobo story as it is about this one particular, um, well, victim uh, who we're going to refer to as John Doe, who's kind of retelling the events of the evening. Um, although he's he's slightly embellishing, he is he's when he refers to his loving wife. And, and and the family he cares for, uh, in reality, he and his wife are constantly arguing. He wants really nothing to do with the kids and, and leaves her with the kids so he can go out with the guys. Um, so he's telling his story to the insurance company, making himself look like an angel where um, things, even though things weren't so great in his life, I do I still don't think that uh, the horrors that Lobo inflicted on Mr. Doe, uh, they don't fit the crime of his life. It, it's it's Lobo naturally overreacts. But, you know, it's it's a very um, the the issue is pretty much a a violent um the 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 aliens the characters draw throughout um look great uh, it, they they decide to go to a bar and play um play cards uh lobo's at the bar and they're all trying to kind of avoid logo but lobo wants to play with them um after a fight where he clears the bar he uh he plays cards with the guys, pretty much wins, and then um, remembers that he forgot his winnings. Um, whereas the guys thought that they pretty much um, they thought since you know he forgot his winnings, you know, and they're just pennies, he's not going to come back for that. We, we we should all leave now while we still have our you know lives intact. Um, Lobo realizes he forgets his winnings, sees them about to walk out on him, and um, that causes John Doe to end up in traction the way he is. He's missing a foot, he's got broken ribs, and he's blind in one eye, and and he's just, he is a mess. He's wrapped from head to toe. Um, Was there an alien nurse? Yeah. I remember, like, a really hot, like, hello nurse. Yes. Yeah, she is. Yes, she's she's very um, buxom, right? Uh, and any any doctor who's basically on a on wheels 
and and is he's almost kind of like one of those John Byrne robot scientist kind of things. Right. And uh, but it's 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 pretty much it it's it's kind of a quick read, but it's a typical it's a typical Lobo story. But it's not you know it's 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 not Lobo and his dolphins. It's not Lobo on his bike. It's 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 told from the point of view of of, of this poor slob in a hospital bed. Um, the issue does not end any better for him. It it actually ends worse. The his, his he ends up losing a, a hand, um, the other foot. It's it's crazy. And 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 the last panel is this man's is, is bandaged face, but his 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 lips are swollen. He's he's got like two teeth left. But I can't. I don't want to describe what his mouth actually looks like. Mm-hmm. On it's just, but it is. It's you know. I don't. I, I I remember Val drawing. You know the Demon series, and and I like and 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 even the the JLA Incantation series, and I think Val has a very um. It's, it's distinct. You you. It is distinct in the sense that you kind of know when Val drew it, but it's um. It, the work was never the um it was like holy crap you know igor corde drew this or mignola drew this it was but it it based on on the material the stories that that val is drawing the style totally works and and um and i i like i like val's style i, like oh, I do work. too yeah it's it's yeah uh, you know i don't it's I'm not going to throw the whole underrated or, or, you know, it, it's just, but it, it's, it's a very, um, it, he is a name that you don't hear often and, and you will see, see his work constantly in back issue bins. And, and, and I, there are times where I'll look for that. I, it doesn't matter if, if it's part three of a demon story, I'll, I'll buy it because Val drew it and, and I'll just enjoy the art in that particular issue, even if I have no idea what the hell else is going on. Um, but yeah, th- this was one of the, um, this was one of the issues I bought at New York comic con. And, uh, I was looking for something to read that, that wasn't involved in, that didn't have anything to do with anything else. I've been reading it. It, it wasn't part eight of a series. It just, I was just looking for, I guess somewhat of a palate cleanser. This is this is a complete done in one issue. Um, I remember as as I was reading it, I remembered when I first read it years ago when it came out. Um, so it also had that sense of familiarity for me. It, but I, I also enjoyed the ads. Front cover, inside front cover is uh, the battle with Doomsday was the fight of his life. Now the Man of Steel is fighting to live again. And it is a, um, it's for the adventures of Superman 500. And the art is, um, black and white, uh, by Grummet and, um, Hazelwood. Uh, there is a, there is on the back cover opens Friday, April 23rd, based on the book by Stephen King, written for the screen and directed by George A. Romero, the dark half. Not so bad. With Michael Rooker. Yep. Um, you have an ad. This is a mad old Travis Charest, um 
image for Green Lantern Corps quarterly number five. There is a uh, the DC Universe propaganda page is all about bloodlines um, and a silhouetted Superboy because you're not supposed to know who's who's coming, who who the reign of the Superman are going to be. An ad for the Atom by Tom Pyre and Steve Dillon. Uh, an ad for Icon from Milestone. There was one that was, um, where is it? It is right. This I don't remember. I kind of do. Maybe you do. Praxis, the Damnation Agenda, a five-part a five-part epic in issues 11 through 15 of Justice League Quarterly. No, no, I was gone by that time. Okay. Um, the art looks vaguely familiar, though. And I think... Salvaludo? Salvaludo, oh, I don't... No, it looks more like um, that early... Uh, almost like Joe Phillips. Like the guys from Geigen Studios. Oh, okay. Uh, not Stelfreeze, not Hughes, but but definitely kind of in in that vein. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird ad. It's almost I, I don't I don't remember reading it. I remember you know I I think I was done with Justice League Quarterly well before issue eleven. Ah, issue number eleven. Yeah, I lasted like five, I think, or four. <laughs> Which is hey, that's well, that's a year, but still, I yeah. mean, it's so. Um, but no, this you know, cover price a buck seventy five. Uh, I sure as hell did not pay anywhere close to that at New York Comic Con. Uh, the cover is, you know, it's 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 weird. This cover I think is fantastic. The 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 main alien that Lobo is fighting looks like something out of out of Rancerox. It, it it definitely belongs on the cover of Heavy Metal. Uh, but the dude John Doe looking all worried with the ashtray in his mouth that Lobo put there until he wants it back, um, has the whole Poufon Elvis thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's weird is that this cover looks fantastic. And then I look at this cover from, oh, you know what? It's probably not. I'm sorry. I, I, I know I'm because for some reason for years, I thought, this isn't. This isn't a. Um, this is not a fabric cover on this uh, showcase ninety three number eight of twelve. Because I'm not. No, this isn't even a Bradstreet. I don't know who drew this cover. It is not good. I'm gonna look it up. But um, Bradstreet. I'm glad. No, that that's yeah. It, it's definitely not Bradstreet. But it is. It's somebody who whose work. I know, but I am not thrilled with this Batman and the, and the two faces. Eh, but um, yeah, Lobo portrait of a victim. Yeah, these are one of those that you know, like will sometimes say, you don't know what you're going to find in those back issue bins. That's uh, right. I never pass up a Lobo. No, definitely not. I mean, and and I'm buying it multiple times because I yeah. have all these yeah. these issues, and then I get the the Lobo. Uh, collection that we I was talking about for you know the whole last month, but I, I opened this issue while you were talking about. It. I found it on the uh, 
one of my many drives. And I totally blanked. This is the one with the, the chick with the three breasts. She's yes. got she's yeah, got yeah, star yeah, pasties yeah. on her on her breasts. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean she's only in it for like two pages. Lobo throws her through uh you know yeah. the uh aquarium. But that's the thing with Lobo is if if you are if you're allergic to to fun, I guess maybe Lobo's not the character for you because it, there's nothing taken seriously. Even the, I mean, they use Lobo many times to make fun of the very people reading the comic. Yes, they call you know fanboys. He had a thing about fanboys and uh, your mama and uh, living in the basement. I mean, it, it was an ongoing joke, and uh, I, I just, I never ever forgot where Lobo came from. Mm-hmm. It's so I have a, a, a deep love for the Omega Men, and it just. I I cannot turn away. It's like Lobo's the Kramer of comics. I just I can't turn away whenever I f- I, I find an issue. I think I have them all at this point. But I, I did at one point. I yeah. wouldn't mind having them again. I mean, I, I yeah, it'd be cool to have the collections, but I I would much rather have the individual issues. I, I it, much like I feel about the Punisher, where I I enjoyed series over the years but Lobo is definitely um, that all, all the different series over the years I I, I mean I even bought the damn slip case there was it, it came out with, with the Lobo miniseries and it was it was a three book slip case that you could buy the two trades separately with no problem but there was one book that was only included with the slipcase and it pissed off a lot of people mm-hmm. and the name of that book was the wit and wisdom of lobo you know why it pissed a lot of people off other than only being available within that slipcase i don't remember why because it was a trade paperback of nothing but blank pages Oh, that's right. What? Who did the cover? Do you remember? I believe it was a black and white Bisley. Just, just a close up of his face. Oh, I think. Um, but while we were talking, yes, that Showcase ninety three number eight cover is by Glenn, and it is not good. <laughs> so the man who did this same Lobo cover, same year, also did this showcase 93 cover and it is it's because it's not his painter style it's it's batman is drawn the bicep it, it's i just i'm i i can't look away from this cover because it's kind of like it's a train wreck but um i'll just keep going back to look at the lobo cover and i mean i like simon bisley i i've the yeah. fact that he he drew lobo to you know the the biker dude and and yes he was unlike all the other characters i was reading um but he also you know the whole thing with 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 the dolphins and i i like i like the whole idea that you know his blood could basically reproduce another yeah every cesarean could kind of just repopulate the the 
their, their whole world. But um, Vril Drock's kind of put an end to that, which um, naturally isn't going to uh, make Lobo very happy. So they definitely tried to add layers to the character. And, and um, I don't think anybody could ever consider him relatable. But, I mean, it was... I dug the look. I dug the attitude. It was... Um, it was just something different from everything else I was reading from any other publisher. And, and I just, I, I liked Bisley's line. I, I, I loved the, the hard angles to it. It was, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it was pretty. And, and I think that I would, it didn't matter what he was drawing. I followed him where, where, wherever he was going to, go but but the lobo stuff man because and, it, and because they were miniseries it was just you know four issues and that's it and and i know that you know he was in legion for ever but um 80 issues i believe jesus uh but it was you know i just so yes if as as we go through conventions over the next few years i will be doing my damnedest to um recreate my, my lobo collection um, and the thing is, the Lobo that when Bisley reinterpreted Lobo, it was a sh- light years ahead of the way he appeared in the Omega Men. Yep. I mean the the germ was there with the bike and the the you know the, the facial markings, but it took Bisley like Bisley made Lobo, and mm-hmm. it's and it's kind of ironic that for us on this side of the the water. Lobo made Bisley. Like, I really had no conception of who Simon Bisley was before he got his hands on Lobo. Did you know Simon Bisley before Lobo? I don't think, you know, many, there was many people, like, I'm sure Britons, Britons, (laughs) I'm I'm sure the British comic fans knew who Simon Bisley was, but we over here, I mean, he was a, a new commodity. And when Lobo came out, I was like, holy shit. A little well, bit of Sam Keith, you know, a little bit I, of Sienkiewicz. I knew who he was because of the um, uh, Batman Judge Dredd. That came out after Lobo. Well, I'm looking at... Didn't it? Uh, shoot, did it? I'm pretty Judgment sure on it did. It came out in 91, yes, so he was already... Yes, so you're right. Yeah, no, so I definitely knew him before then. He did some Doom Patrol. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, no, I mean, no. So, yes, it was It was pretty much... I, I was going to say... Oh, I remember seeing ads for Slain. Right, but yes, but I mean, it wasn't like I was any any drew some or he did something with um, the Parker's Hellraiser. But I don't know if those were. Um, yeah, that's not. Those were covers, and those weren't really. It's not like they were super detailed. So um, it were it was the ads. It was the 2080 ads that I remember seeing in the magazines. But no, it wasn't until Lobo that. Um, because even any of the Judge Dredd stuff, I wouldn't have associated 
obviously it, it's not like that that's not why again i mean like i said last time it's like boland is is what i picture when i think of judge dread so it's not like Bisley would make me think i remember seeing him in judge dread but right. uh and like you def- i follow Bo- uh Bisley wherever he goes and it's a crapshoot yeah I'll, these, I'll, these, you know i'll be honest the, yeah even the stuff he did with Frank Miller, like Bad Boy, it's not the greatest book in the world. And well, and there's the um, I haven't, I, I I didn't finish it yet, but there's the uh, the Tower Chronicles that Matt Wagner's writing, that that Bisley is drawing, and and a little bit of there, a little bit of that is is the old Bisley, the stuff that I remembered from from Lobo that that I really like, um, but some of it is 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 his. Not experimenting, but it, it's it's this more newer kind of look, and I'm not always right. So, uh, uh, and his stuff with Kevin Eastman, all oh, the Tundra stuff. Yeah, some of even the even the heavy metal stuff that the 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 stuff that is just Eastman and I forget the name of it. It didn't come out too long ago. Maybe about I don't know. I'll say ten years. I'm, I'm probably off, but the the idea here is that you loves your Bisley, it takes your chances. Because when he's on, he's phenomenal. When he's not, he's he's kind of I think so, there's a half of the time Bisley phones it in. Because, mm-hmm. he's, because he's Simon Bisley. Right. And even when he phones it in, there's enough there where it, it's he's not phoning it in where it's it's just big swoopy lines and, and you're, he hopes your eyes fill in the rest of the picture. Right. There's still, there's still markings on the paper. They're just, and you know, maybe he's just hoping, you know, you'll, you'll fill some things in, but there's still a lot, there's still energy on the page. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it might not be as, as focused, but it's still, um, it's not Lobo. Right. Yeah. And and the uh, yeah the wisdom of Lobo was a uh, it was a, a smiling picture of Lobo wearing uh, yellow sunglasses, um, but it is it's 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 a black and white with the exception of of his gums and in, in his mouth being red and and the yellow sunglasses, but the um, his gums his gums. <laughs> My gooms are bleeding. <laughs> I do like Bisley, though. So yes. I'm willing to, to take the risk. He did some stuff for Verotic that's just like, my God, why was this ever published? Really? Uh, but yeah, but that's Glenn Danzig, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, uh, what was, I think um, he did a, a Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse type st- uh, story recently. I haven't read that. But the man continues to to produce, which is great. Indeed, I hope it doesn't sound like we're dumping on Bisley, but no, e- we're not. Even, even you know, phoning it in Bisley is is uh, makes my eyes happy to a certain extent. But it's it's uh, Bisley that really is energized and and takes chances. That that's the Bisley I want to see. Right. Yes. I have more stuff. Go for it. I'm thirsty. This is a strange one. Um, it is 
All Hallows Eve, so I thought, you know, you got to bring some horror this week or this episode again with the week, um, just to keep Old it. Habits, man. I know, just just to keep it in the in the zone. Uh, again, published by Dark Horse. It is a hardcover. Hear it? I do. Uh, but it's a it's a, a slight little thing. It's it's over before you know it, uh, because it is only. The story is only 38 pages long, so I'm guessing uh, that the total, maybe we got 42 pages here, give or take. Um, cover price, very affordable, not going to break the bank, Ten ninety nine. It's a Dark Horse graphic novella, written and illustrated by Mr. Liam Sharp. So mm. we're we're keeping it a little in the Bisley zone. Seriously? Yeah. I like it. This is called Aliens, Fast Track to Heaven. It was published in 2000. This is where I got the 2011 from. This was published in 2011. Um, it's not a stretch, the, the, this tale in the aliens universe um it centers around jupiter's moon europa uh life has been discovered milling about uh the volcanic veins at the bottom of the uh the oceans on europa those those geysers that spit that the superheated um gas into the bottom of the ocean it it gives uh, it creates the the possibility for um rampant life and something on europa um triggers uh a uh, a computer at Whalen yutani so they decide to send out a uh an investigative group led by a, a scientist named um, Dr. Alan Negshin. And so uh, this is the aliens universe, so something very, very bad happens to the uh, the investigative party, and only Dr. Negshin makes it back. But wouldn't you know it, <laughs> uh, Dr. Negshin was infested, impregnated, by a face hugger, and um, the uh, xenomorph is now loose on Europa. But uh, the setup is: there's a uh, a um, a docking station named Heaven, and they've built a space elevator to uh, the bottom of the. Uh, European Ocean and the space elevator um, terminates in the hot zone they call hell. So you have heaven and you have hell and the the ship that a second party of investigators take to descend the space elevator is called the Bible. So needless to say, the religious subtext is is very strong in this one. Um, Whalen Yutani sends a second team out uh, to investigate. 
led by a jarhead who's kind of in the Terry Bradshaw mold. Like he looks like Terry Bradshaw. Only <laughs> he does. Only he's horribly scarred. Like half his face is just ripped to shreds. No eyeball. He's got massive scarring. It's it's kind of like Two Face. And um the the uh there are a bunch of ecologists actually and they they investigate and they they find Dr. Negshin with his chest cavity all exploded out. You know what that means, right? As soon as they find Dr. Negshin all all busted up, the xenomorph attacks and he summarily eliminates people, let's just say. I don't want to give it all away. No. Um, he just rips the uh, the ecologist party to shreds. Uh, the joy here is not the story because uh, for the Aliens franchise, this is not a stretch. We've seen this set up millions of times. The, uh, the real draw here is Liam Sharp. And He's um, he's wearing two hats in this. There there are periods of intense detail, foreground, background, like inside um, the Bible. The machinery is just unbelievably detailed. Uh, to my eyes, it looked like it looks like it took a very long time to not only conceive this interior but to draw it. I mean, there's wires and knobs and uh, conduits and and just assorted mechanical bric-a-brac everywhere. And then there are stretches where you don't even get a background. It's like like John Byrne drew it. There's <laughs> there, there's there's close up of faces, um, talking heads. Really, the the I mean they have to set the story up right. Uh, and then you get a blistering double page spread. Of Dr. Nexion with his chest cavity all busted open. He he is part of the landscape at this point. Um, so you get the organic in the foreground with the, the various um, alien instigate or xenomorph instigated disgusting uh, formations and that have were once uh, architecture but are now something far more. And then in the background, you get your, your, your mechanical detail. So it's a nice juxtaposition. And then it goes back to, to just talking heads again. And uh, it's, it's an odd little book. Because, I mean, when the xenomorph attacks, he takes front and center. As he should. If you have a xenomorph in your story, you're going to put him right out in front where his awesome anatomy and, and just horrifying presence is going to be felt it's it's a no-brainer you know you got a hot chick you put her on the cover you got a xenomorph you make sure he's in uh, in a lot of pages it's just an it's it's an attention getter right but it's it the layout of this thing I, i wish i could study it more in depth because we don't have a whole lot of time to 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 linger over these things like i i spent 30 some pages i spent an inordinate amount of time on this issue because I, I was just trying to wrap my head around Sharp's approach. The first page is a splash. 
and it looks straight out of heavy metal. You got a ship coming into, um, it's it, it, actually, it, it's heaven. It's the docking station. And, um, with the, the, the space elevator attached and it is incredibly detailed. Um, it's, it's line work, but if you pull back, it's not unlike anything that uh, a very good uh, wireframe artist could get out of a 3D rendering application. But it is line work. You could tell. It's, it's not. I don't believe it was rendered in a, in a 3D program. And then, you know, from page two on, Liam Sharp's gorgeous line takes over. And it, it's all just amazing figure work and and uh design work but the layout of the pages is just wacky uh it starts with one panel like i said a splash and then the next page there's uh four seven eight nine panels and then there's two panels and then there's another splash and then there's nine panels and then there's a double page splash. Like he is, he's all over the place with the layout here. It's this is not Watchmen. It's not a su- succession of nine panel <laughs> grids. And I'm just trying to figure out the beat here, because all sequential art has a has a beat to it, right? Um, there's a there's a pulse and there's a progression and a rhythm. And this is if this was, I, I'm thinking this was designed to keep the reader off balance because there's really not a whole lot of repetition. There's no constant in it. And it's, it's very disconcerting, which fits the aliens franchise, Mm. right? No, I I love this thing. I, I think it's great. There's teeny tiny panels on some pages. Then there's big open airy panels with no background. Then there's a, a, a panel with the interior of the um they're they're in the doctor ships uh, no they're 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 still in the bible where there's like um metal grid work you know you've seen aliens you know the metal grid work that that these characters all trapes upon you saw the interior of the nostromo this is nothing too far removed from that but what i'm saying is the detail is just blistering there's so much of it and then he'll go back to just like maybe a panel with like a head and 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 no background whatsoever it it's it's a crazy crazy book but i loved it um does not end on an upbeat note <laughs> for the alien or <laughs> no, for, for, for no for anyone yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't but it's fitting right it's it's Part it's, of the course. it's as downbeat as as alien 3 <laughs> we we don't know these characters. We're just introduced them to them on uh, page one, and by page thirty, the majority of them are dead. Damn. Yeah, it, it's not a feel good story, but hot damn, this drawing! Like, uh, there's a a full page splash where we're at the bottom of the 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 ocean, and they're like, oh shit, we can't get back up. Because if we take this ship back up to heaven with this xenomorph on board, it's going to infest the docking station. We have to find an easier way to get to heaven. And they're looking around and there's like, okay, there's an access conduit over there. And look at, there's a hole in the side of it. 
maybe we can ride that access conduit back to heaven. So they get in this submersible that's not called the Bible. Okay, it's it's just like a utility craft that that high high it can withstand high pressure. It's it's like a sub, and they're 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 trying to make it to the 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 conduit, and and they get within it, and it doesn't end well, right? So I, I'm wondering, given the blatant religious subtext of this book, if I, I do not know if Liam Sharp is a religious man. Or, you know, whether he believes or not, I don't know. But it seems to me that once the characters abandon the Bible and try to find their way to heaven on their own, it doesn't work out. So could he be saying that? I don't know. You could read into this whatever you want. I mean, but you have... It's 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 obvious. It's blatant. the The space station is called heaven. the The means to get up and down is called the Bible. Like it's it it has to be, right? And um, well, I'll let you decide for yourself. You read this thing. <laughs> it, it won't take you long. It's it's a a very thin volume, but well worth the price. Like I said, it was it was ten ninety nine. I got it at a discount, of course, because I'm smart and I go to discount comic book service. And I believe this was like six bucks. Mm. Ah, so six bucks for a hardcover with a beautifully illustrated cover and interior pages. Um, albeit a very depressing and downbeat story. But if you are a fan of the Alien franchise, this is nothing new to you. Right? Right. Yes. I enjoyed it very, very much. Aliens, Fast Track to Heaven by the great Liam Sharp, who, uh, if you know your Spawn, did an amazing run on uh, a Spawn spin-off book called uh, Spawn the Dark Ages. It's the Dark Ages, right? Yeah, yeah. Great job. I've always enjoyed Liam Sharp's work. And you also get, if that wasn't enough, you get a biography of Mr. Liam Sharp. He also worked for Verotic, Glenn Danzig's Verotic. What is going on this episode? <laughs> uh, he was the artist on Stan Winston's Realm of the Claw for Image, which I have never read. No never, well, Stan Winston produced these action figures called Realm of the Claw. And they were anthropomorphic animals uh, within this narrative that he created. And, and um, I, I, I've never read it. He was one of the artists, or he was the artist on uh, the uh, Testament with uh, Douglas Rushkoff. Uh, he's also... Worked on designs for the movies Lost in Space. I'm sorry, and and Small Soldiers. Joey. I know it's a horrible movie, dude. <laughs> and he also worked on Batman Beyond. I did not know that. Did he? Yeah. I did not know that either. Huh. So there you go, Liam Sharp. Look it up. It's a fun little thing. It'll, it'll be at home on your shelf of, oh, great, uh, of, of great art. 
Yep. I'll tell you, this Malbec's pretty damn tasty, dude. It's true. It's true. What else do you have? Still no go on the um, Boy Max Immortal, huh? I started it. <gasps> yeah, I started I got it, started it. Uh, the problem is, I also got, I <laughs> believe it's the 22nd issue of Rarebit Fiends. And I've been... I've been going through that first. Only because I didn't have a whole lot of time to read anything. What with our book of the month and, and these, these two collections that I read. Well, uh, a one shot and a collection. So I thought um, Rare Bit Fiends is slimmer. My chances of finishing that are greater than me going through the 100-page uh, Boy Max Immortal. It's um, not really 100 pages. What do you mean? It's not front to back um, wiping. It's not. It, it's not a complete story between the two covers. Oh no, he made that clear. Okay. Yeah, then it's, just, it's more it's, like an ooh. anthology of his. Uh, I'll tell you, I saw the last story. It's raw, man. There's naked people all over the place on that thing. <laughs> but you know, Veach is not one to shy away from that kind of stuff. If you no. know your. Um, I was going to say Mr. Miracle. Ball uh, sex. Uh, Marvel Man history. Then, yeah. He's, he, there's a, um, yeah, aside from there being a 50-ish page story, the main story, um, there's the letters page and there's back pages of uh, sketches, illustrations, and comics from, with an X, Spanning from 1965 to 2017. And there is a... From 2014. Oh, I have this then. I have this in the collection. I have the... Um, I have the Baltimore Comic Con uh, tribute book to Matt Wagner's Grendel. And there is a... Uh, a Rick Veach, Hunter Rose image illustration in that, and, and it's reproduced as the um, as the back matter here. But yeah, it's it was. Um, I mean, I'll wait for you to finish it. I, I enjoyed the. Um, it's I would, more the same, but I, I would it. love to talk to Veach. Not only because I think he's one of the greatest talents to ever grace the comic page. I've always thought so. I think 1941 that he did with Steve Bissett is mm-hmm. probably No, it is. It's it's one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. Basically because it throws the finger at the source material and Veach and Bissett just said, "Fuck it, we're going to do what we want to do." And they handed it into Spielberg and he did, he didn't know what to do with it. So, I mean, Heavy Metal just published it. But it, it is it's there are incidents in the book that mirror the movie, but for the most part, it is just unhinged graphic explosion of of id right right across the page. It's it's. Have you ever seen it? Many 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 years ago. It's crazy. They did collage. They did this 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 weird illustration thing where there's just uh, parts of the images are overlapping, and it's just a cacophony of just stuff. I love it. It's 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 so 
unexpected given the movie for which it's supposed to be um sequentializing let's just say and it's just it's it's so off kilter it's just took everybody by surprise including spielberg mm-hmm. um but like abraxas and the alien the one brad pack maximore like i love rick veach's stuff the it, it, i think my favorite thing he's ever done is rare bit fiends i love that only because that is the dream realm which unfortunately i just don't visit they mustn't like me something's going on but i don't remember my dreams but for an artist an, an artist dreams are the the wellspring from which we get our inspiration it, 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 where else does it come from right mm. um it, and it just invades the the waking world whether you know it or not but i think it comes to us in dreams mm-hmm. um but whatever the case but he has taken those dreams and created more art from them like the 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 i'll be honest if you've read rabbit fiends a whole lot of times the the strips don't make a whole lot of sense neil gaiman will be in his dream or steve Bissett, or dave sim and mm-hmm. and they'll just be doing something anything and and doesn't have to be dave sim or uh you know neil gaiman but these are the people that veach the circles he travels in so why wouldn't alan moore's in his dreams so why wouldn't these people pop up in his dreams but they're doing things that's not that aren't very comic booky for the most part or or related to the comic book industry they're just doing bizarre outlandish things and engaging in in just weird scenarios but these are the product of his dreams so he puts them to paper and it's just fascinating the way he thinks um, the reason back to my original statement, I would love to talk to him to see just how much shit he got for the big lie, because that was not well received at all. I no. I, I have it. I've I've read it. Um, I think it took uh, cojones of of. Uh, adamantium to to write and draw and produce that book and i and i think image should be commended for for allowing it to go to to actually be, be published for green to publish it because it's not a very popular um uh, approach to that that very uh terrible day people don't want to think about that well i think because people People constantly uh, think about it, some more than others. And, and but what I'm saying is the, the notion that our government could have been complicit in the events of 9-11. I'm not saying they were. I'm not saying they weren't. But to shit on a person or to, to blackball or to dismiss or just plain hate a person for his expressing his right to question whether the government was complicit in 9-11. Like, that's just the thing. And Jason did it. When, when a long, long, long time ago, we were talking about, well, I was going to, I said, I read the big lie. I don't know whether I'm going to talk about it. 
And Jason just totally dismissed it as being, um, you know, ridiculous. A ridiculous notion that anyone could think that the government was complicit in 9-11. And I'm just like, you are so much smarter than that. Oh, but, okay, so, yes. Again, not... Has, not I, I, I know you're not. I right. know you're not. And, and you're right. Veach has the right to tell this story. But that doesn't automatically mean everybody has to read it or of course not no 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 of course not so yes i mean okay so like you said it it took guts for him to tell this story and and kudos to image for publishing it um but just because it wasn't well received it's it it's it might be partly due to the fact that nobody wants to few people want to relive it or look at it through the lens of someone uh telling a telling the story with a science science fiction bent with the whole time travel thing yeah uh it's it's it could be hard to take now you know granted it's it's been over a decade uh you know there's some people who you know at some point are, are things always going to be verboten and and it's 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 weird this one is a little closer to home to me than a book about jeffrey dahmer you know so it's 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 a thing that it's and i am not trying to equate Jeffrey Dahmer's actions to the events of 9-11 but there are there there are there, there are some stories that people just have a stronger connection or reaction to and 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 don't want to either they don't want to think about it they don't want to relive it they don't want they don't want it it and you and I both know that Veach wasn't making fun of it but the fact that it is now being told in a comic book story that some people who aren't comic book readers may consider that um, taking the topic lightly or, or, or even maybe poking fun of it because, you know, everybody knows what comic books are all about. It's, it can be hard. Those are the same people who don't realize that, you know, Mao's is something that could be told. But it, it's, there right. are. So then why was Amazing Spider-Man 33? So widely praised. It, 33 or 36. No, yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. The, the yeah. John Romita Jr., um, uh, who was writing it then? Was it, that was uh, JMS. JMS, yeah. Yep. The, the, the sort of tribute issue, the mm-hmm. black cover tribute issue to, to the, the horrible events of 9-11, that was widely regarded. I mean, everybody that read it praised it. And it because revels that, in the same thing. But no, they, they weren't. That was... They were, they were reacting to it happening. They right. weren't, they, but they weren't, they weren't trying to no, they retell the story. They weren't, they, 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 they weren't investigating it. They weren't, there were no conspiracies about it. They were just, it was, it was, it was 22 pages of heroes being heroes, heroes coming together to, to 
say people look to the comic book fans and book readers look to the characters on the page as you know role models characters to look up to to aspire to and and if you if you see your heroes because it's, it, why 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 didn't superman and wonder woman stop world war ii from ever happening so, so you have those you, you you end up having those questions but here here they actually presented the marvel characters who of course since most of those stories take place in new york city it made sense for the it made sense for it to happen in a marvel comic where you had heroes coming together just trying to there wasn't anything that, another thing is Veach is telling a story 10 years after the fact marvel's reaction was trying to not maybe make sense of a senseless day but just there wasn't anything you couldn't just make a normal issue of spider-man in the wake of those events and 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 not i i guess they felt that they couldn't just pretend it didn't happen so so here we have these characters who are doing what they would have done had they actually exist and 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 this is what would happen and you know we're, we're, we're we'll go back to your normally scheduled stories and 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 peter parker's drama next month but right now um the people who work at marvel who who work in this city who saw it happen maybe it was therapeutic for them maybe it was a way for them to exercise those demons because they did witness it firsthand and and it was a a dark and scary day for a lot of people so this was a way for them to deal with it and and nobody nobody was forced to buy that comic nobody had to it, it, it wasn't it wasn't part of an ongoing arc it was it 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 took the place of that issue that month and and whatever jms and Ramita jr were telling took place the following month to continue that so it was it was just a way to to deal with it and so you can see dr doom cry it was a a it was a much I, I guess tender's not the right word, but it was. I guess I, I kind of want to say it was a more respectable tribute. Sure, I get it. Yeah, um, and I enjoyed that issue, and it was very much needed at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, to use a really horrible metaphor, but you know, after the dust settled. That shouldn't, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Veach said, okay, I think we need to look into this. And that's where the problem arises. Because you have the official statement that this action was perpetrated by these people for this reason. And what, whatever the outcome or this is Veach saying, I don't think that adds up. And the fact that he did that to me is commendable, whether he's right or wrong. The very 
action of challenging the official statement because the official statement, you know, on the Kennedy assassination was freaking wrong too. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not taking sides. Right. But the, the, it is healthy and wise and brave to question those in authority because those are the people who are going to abuse that authority. Right? So whether he's right, wrong, or whatever, the, the truth of the matter is irrelevant. The fact that he stepped up and said, we need to take another look at this, mm-hmm. fellas, that it, I think is a more courageous act than just sitting back and not saying a word and, and festering and thinking, you know, knowing, thinking something is not right here. A does not equal A. But you, you also don't, just because other creators haven't told a story about 9-11 doesn't mean that they, it's. I know, yeah, I've talked to some who are, um, do you say truthers? I don't know. That yes. was that was a demeaning thing. Yes. That, well, yeah, that was, yeah, because it was, it, it's, yes, anybody Is who, it still? I don't know if it's demeaning, but it would be a term that I would, I, I think I would use. Okay. As a, as a, um, a, a term of scorn, like these people are crazy. They don't, yes. believe, they don't believe the official. Yes. Okay. And so, but it's, it's, it's wise to question. There's, I'm not saying tinfoil hat, but. It's it's just it's never when, believe the official story because no, it, those people have everything to gain. If you right, but once once you start to you you can you can question everything and and you can you know every time somebody comes up with 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 a reason, a logical and valid and factual explanation. There's only so many times you can keep saying why. Mm-hmm. And and eventually you get it's like it's like trying to to prove that the moon landing was faked and everything that would need to go into actually making the moon landing fake. Mm-hmm. It's easier to just send somebody to the fucking moon. So it's it's did you it's there. did you see Adam Burns? Everything? Yes, I did. <laughs> I knew fantastic. it. That was I loved it. It oh, was okay. The shadows wouldn't anyway. He was okay. a little too condescending, but whatever. Yes, and but. and the 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 girlfriend was a little too wiggy. Like it was extreme on both sides. Like he was yes. extremely oh, condescending, yes. Yes. And, and she was extremely crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the 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 uh, when you look at it's that whole childlike thing. Yes. We want people to be inquisitive and, and we want to expand and, and, and keep learning. Don't, don't just take something for granted. Don't, don't take them at their word, but eventually never take them at their word. Right. Especially now. But, but once you see all the facts are there, once you see, and, and not the facts that they create or that they're pushing down your throat, but it's like, it's like water's wet. Well, I don't care what you tell me. Okay, but is your hand wet right now while it's sitting in water? There's only so many so many arguments you can make. But when you're looking at somebody who wants to create a comic book about 
and start going through all what these conspiracy theories that the truthers come up with it it reminds me of the youtube videos of the people who want to prove that obama is a secret kenyan muslim and and it's hard to separate the two they unfortunately unfortunately for for veach it some people may see him in that category where it's but, like okay. but that's the the obama is a secret kenyan muslim is patently ridiculous because if he was and if he was going to come and steal all and take away all our guns and everything <laughs> that they said about obama he would have done so yes. while in office Right. He's no longer in office and none of what they were saying was going to happen happened. So that's lends one to believe that all that Obama shit was exactly that. So how long do you have to wait then before somebody who was involved and who was in the know and behind it at 9-11 finally comes forward? Oh, no, I that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is the questioning is the act of questioning is a good thing yes. in every situation religion the, politics um, the act of questions economics valid. everything that's yes. the commendable part there is a component of crazy yes. i i understand that yes that's that's not what i'm focusing on but of course the, the but the 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 Everything, uh, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. That that is the the the, the state. Those two statements that drives my entire life. Right. I yeah. question everything. Yes. Unless it is a vetted source. You, Jason. You and Jason. <laughs> unless that source comes from either you or or him. I question the shit out of it. It's just my natural inclination. So, yeah, I'm going to pump my fist when a fellow questioner goes above and beyond and risks career suicide by doing it. I mean, think about it. He felt so strongly about Mm -hmm. the need to investigate this incident that he he, he risked his entire creative life to do it Mm -hmm. that's commendable that's fucking ballsy now whether or not i don't think it amounted to a hill of beans right because well you you've read it right no not yet all right um creatively it was probably very cathartic for him to work through those demons Mm-hmm. And and again, big ups to Veach for doing so. But in the end, like I don't think he added or detracted from anything that's ever been said about right. the incident before or since. Um, it's just the very action of questioning everything that comes out of these people's mouths. That's me. That's what I do. It's my natural inclination to do that. It's going to rain today. Yeah, yeah, okay, it's going to rain, right. Mm -hmm. That's me. I I just do that. I don't believe anything. Well, And there are some 
questions that I think are easier to ask. And there are some people who, who are easier to question. It's, it's, it's depending on, on how you view certain politicians, the government, you know, it's, it's, if, if Barack Obama was president during the incident, I would not question a damn thing. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's, but it's, because it's, it was Bush and Cheney, mm-hmm. hell yes, I'm going to question it. Right? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Creatively, it's great. It's a good thing to explore. When I was, yes. I, and, and it's, it's a, it's one of those things where, you know, more Rick Veach is is always good. I feel. Yeah. Um, the, I would the only creative individual ever to follow Alan Moore, and not and and not be found lacking. Right. The only one. When I, I think I am missing that's something else I'll be looking for next year at the cons. I don't think I have a complete. I think I might have a complete set of the first volume, but I know I'm missing some um, Army at Love issues. Oh, okay. I may be able to help you out because I believe I double-dipped on those. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I did. I think I bought the singles, and um, I noticed on my um, shelf I have like two or three Army at Love volumes. Oh, okay. So um, it did. there was a volume, too. Yes, I know that, and I, I I have singles for the whole damn thing, too. So, I can help you out. I'll let you know. Yeah, I need to get back into cataloging some stuff. So that, yeah, that took a weird turn. That took a weird turn. I just wish that Jason would lower his guard over the nine eleven thing just enough to read, like, say, Veach's Swamp Thing run, That's, or or I mean, freaking Brat Pack. Or the one like he's he's world class. I I I, mean, I love him as much as Alan Moore. Wow, that's that's big praise. I do. That is, yeah. He's good um, at what he does. He doesn't. I mean, he 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 tackles different subjects, but they're always filtered through that very sarcastic, mm-hmm. you know, Veach lens. And I think visually. He's a great illustrator. Yeah, it's not it's it's not exaggerated. It's not hyper detailed or, or super realistic. The lines are, are are deliberate and 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 not sparse, but they're they they're there to tell the story. And and I think it's it, everything has but a with an underground sensibility too. Yes, yeah. and it's all it's it's not you know it's there's. There's weight to it. Every you know, every every body type is represented. No, no, nobody. It, it's not nobody's. Everybody's Joe six pack. It's yeah, just it's not flattering. You know, yeah, exactly. It, and 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 you know, if someone's got double chins, if someone's got you know, chubby waistline. It it's just it it's it's not forced. It's not um, it's not toned down. It's just this is the line. These are the, this is what I'm and and he you know he leaves it open. It it would probably, uh, I mean you know, we we've seen the army at love stuff colored and and I mean that's that's inked by Gary Erskine anyway. But it's this you know, boy Max Immortal is is just Veach and and it's just it's a lot more um, open and that's probably just so that he can 
maintain a consist- consistency and, and try to get more work done. I, I'd rather that than him try to cram so much into every panel and everybody's face and everybody's hair that, um, that, that we go off track somewhere down the line later in the issue. This was, um, and it's not even then, I mean, even when we're at the general store or we're, you know, we're, we're in the, at, at the, Oh, so wait, so did you get to, you got to Sheldon. Did you get to the, um, to the dossier? I got about six pages in. Oh, okay. Then I will, I will stop talking. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we go back to, um, the, uh, Sid at, at, at the comics publisher and, and there's, there's a lot oh. of, um, there's, there's detail. And I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, there, there's no, um, he doesn't phone it in. It's, it's, no. it's good. I think I, 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 I'm looking forward to, to you cat finishing the issue at least so we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, master illustrator. Um, you could throw names at me and I could compare them to my love or weigh them against my love for Rick Veach. And I would think for about 90% of all of the creative people we talk about here, I think Veach would win out over at least 90% of them. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I love him. I mean, the others we tend to talk about or bring up, get brought up, even if we're not reading anything current by them or they haven't done anything current, the names are still there. I mean, we mentioned Moore, we mentioned Miller. There are names that we will bring up, but as far as anybody still doing work or uh, work that connects with you and to you, then, then yeah, each is definitely up there. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's all subjective, right? Um, that's a stupid statement, but we say it all the time. Uh, we connect with various creators for whatever reasons and we drag them along through our lives with us and Veach is one of those guys that I've been dragging along for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. No matter what he does, I will read it and I will love it. Hopefully. <laughs> we... Uh, should talk about this book because I don't think we're going to get a chance to do so with Jason around. Uh, written by James Tinian the Fourth, illustrated by Eric Donovan, and color art by Juan Manuel Tamburu. It is the second link in the thematic chain. Uh, this creative team initiated with Mimetic. Um This is Cognetic. And the third link is eugenic. Eugenic. That's currently being published. It's not finished yet. But uh, conceptually, I'm not talking about anything about the story, the narrative, none of that. Mimetic three-issue series. Cognetic three-issue series. Emetic was a three-issue series. Like conceptually, it's a trilogy of essentially trilogies. Right? Three issues, triptych. A trilogy of triptychs. It's, I think it's brilliant what these guys are doing. And I know they said um, Emetic's getting a lot of play, but it was Cognetic. Didn't he say Cognetic that got more 
attention than mimetic, which boggles my mind. Is that what Eric said? I think so. Yeah. Because I think cognetic is not as strong as mimetic. Um, I liked it, but overall, when you cross the finish line, I think yeah. mimetic was a better story than cognetic. Yeah, they both um, they both absolutely start off strong, and there's um, there are parts when we get to the third act in both where um, it's it's not a um, it's weird. I I I enjoyed. Mimetic a lot, and and especially you know with with with, with the characters and and the um, how one wasn't affected because of their disability, uh, and then it 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 got a little Jason Borney with the whole um, going up to the woods and 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 the whole uh, the armed forces and, and, and saving the day. And, and I mean, I'll let you find out whether or not it was all for naught, but, um, it just, it, it veered in a different direction. I was expecting based on how the story started. It, 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 the end result is the end result. And, uh, I was along for the ride and I was enjoying it. I just kind of wasn't expecting it to kind of go that way. Uh, and cognitic kind of, sort of, did a little bit of the same thing, but the setup was way different. And I think whereas Mimetic had one really, really strong character I enjoyed, and there were some supporting characters that I didn't dislike, I think I enjoyed more of the characters in Cognetic. Uh, wow. See, I think they're... I think the the characters in Cognetic are harder to warm up to because they're not of this world. Where in Mimetic, you had a, a boy whose disability, in any other instance, would be seen as a detriment. His disability is an asset mm-hmm. in, in this scenario. So it's like there, there's a statement there that, you know, could apply to anyone human anyway that that thing that you see in yourself that makes you inferior or you think makes you inferior to a, a whole bunch of people well in this instance look at it's not a detriment it's actually something that's going to save your damn life mm-hmm. so so that that's a something that everybody can understand um an alien intelligence that hops from mortal frame to mortal frame over a period of thousands of years it's kind of hard to wrap your head around right don't you think it can be if if that's how if that's all we knew about it i mean we were introduced to it well and we don't realize that that's what happened until almost until the second issue i mean it it's annie's reveal is kind of there at the end of the first issue but 
as far as who who the players are. They, they I think Tinian and and Eric's art, but I think Tinian was able to flesh out the characters quite a bit in the first issue. Where um, I, I like Danny a lot. I you know I, I I get that you know her job was the assistant to this guy, but obviously she cared about her partner and their daughter. And I was more concerned <laughs> with with her um, making sure her family was safe. That that I was caught up in that, and 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 I to me that was a character that at that point uh, I was kind of vested in. It was it was definitely a uh, I wanted to see where it was going, and and I I just kind of bummed out in the second issue and, and, uh, and it, 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 again, though, once, once you kind of, once other characters are, are brought in or, um, I don't want to say watered down, but it's as, as, as you see things play out, it's, it doesn't, the story isn't lessened or becomes weakened by it i just it as as strong as the opening chapters are i i i wanted to stay consistent throughout and and there were parts of both both stories where it it's it didn't stumble but it 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 didn't maintain consistency throughout all three issues I got. I guess I was just a little harsh on it. No, yeah, I got to rewind a little bit. And w- when you say Annie is um, concerned for her 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 life partner, mm-hmm. yeah, until she's got to take her life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love you, and I'm concerned for you, and, and all this. But in order to save myself, I gotta I gotta use your your shell. You know what I mean? It's just how much do you care? If if you if you cared s- supremely, you know, like she she just uses this policewoman, mm-hmm. right? And then she eventually, right? Spoilers. She, <laughs> you know, she eventually takes the the life of her partner. Uh, who? No, the, at this, Annie's not the one who does. It's, it's red text, right? Right. But she is, but the thing is, Annie, at the end, it's it's Annie's partner who does the killing. Hmm. Because Annie Annie is like, listen, and, and Annie tells her what's up, and and says, you know, I this is she, she's telling Mel, Mel, this is how this is how things are happening, and. I took control of the government 
and a lot of people are going to have to get killed because this can't spread. I need to. I. I. I it's the. Right. It's, no, I agree with you. Annie's partner does the killing. Yes. But yes, she loves her. But in order to save her life, her own life, Annie jumps into her because she's got to. She's got to see it through. Because if she just because if 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 Annie just then expired, then her brother wins, and and it's it's not just you know one city that gets destroyed; it's the entire world. But what was it worth in the end? Well, the same thing with 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 Nemetic, right? Right. I mean, that's what we, I'm. Yeah. So it's it's not these are not. Um, <laughs> they don't end well. <laughs> yeah, these aren't these aren't Disney stories. You're not you're you're not you're not going home with the with, with the warm and fuzzies uh, after reading these. These are it, it's it's weird. I want to say that they're dark, but but not not the way Eric style is. It's doesn't it it it's not it's not dark and dreary and full of dread. I mean, Tinian's wow. words. He he definitely the dread is 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 there. It's implied, but. Eric's Eric's art, and and I love the characters, but there's there's a little bit of hopefulness in the line, and and it it it's it's a weird, um, it's a weird combination because part of me is like, oh, this is really, that's fucked up, but then I'm looking at everything and I'm like, but it looks cool. It it's, does. It looks very cool, but I, I gotta disagree. I think these things are dripping with dread. I Eric's art is is not. It's not cartoony, right? But there's, there's not like as the issue as the the, the issues progress, there's not an optimism in the line, like it gets really dark, and he doesn't use a lot of shadows. It's just the 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 overall theme of these things is disturbing. See, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at everybody's eyes, and yes, you do have scowls, and you have you 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 have a sense of dread on on a lot of people's faces, but um, like he's not writing, you know what I mean? He's not the, the, he's not draping everything. That's with what I mean. Shadow. Yes, it's not. Yes, it's not. It, it doesn't. It it's it's. It's it's gritty, but not, not not, not dripping with it. It doesn't. No. I, I don't feel dirty turning the page on this story, but there's still there there is because even even when Mel falls to her D's and, and she's looking up, yes, there's there's heaviness going on, but it's not. It's like you just said, like with rights and it. It's it, there's certain certain artists where um, they would kind of go overboard to make it to, to to give you that sense of they'd overcompensate right but all right i guess what i'm saying is in in the trilogy of whatever this is called in the in the in the end game the the edic trilogy i don't know what they're going to call it um the visuals do not take precedence it's the no. story that's driving this right. thing. Um, Donovan is not a flashy artist. He's not a Wrightson or a P. Craig Russell. The the form is not 
center stage. It's it's the story that is really propelling what's going on here. Donovan is just he's making it available to the viewer, but not with a lot of flash. Mm-hmm. Is what I guess what I'm saying. That doesn't. I don't mean to imply there's not a lot of substance, but he's not embellishing or lavishing uh, tremendous amounts of detail. It's just it's a matter of fact approach, and I think that's pretty smart because the 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 narrative is so downbeat and so well. These are end of the world scenarios, both of them, and um. I didn't mention this, but I, I feel like I should because it seems like I bring up this story a lot. The last issue, the third issue of this thing, again, reminds me of uh, that Clive Barker story uh, in the Hills of the Cities. It's in Books of Blood, Volume 1. If you've, if you've never read it, read it. And uh, I think in the Hills of the Cities is, he's written a lot that came after but I think this is Barker's finest hour. It's a great story. And I've read it back in the day, and it has never left me. It's about um, these two warring um, groups of people that beat the shit out of each other, but the the vessels that they choose to do this this fighting is like the people fashion themselves into a giant person with pulleys and straps and it's like people upon people upon people piled up to make this giant human organism that's made out of people it's not soil and grain but it's a giant thing that's comprised of not cells but human beings and that's what the third issue of Cognetic reminded me of. Like that story just will not leave me. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it's like micro to macro, like cells make the human body. But, but in this instance, the cells are, are actual people. And that's what we see in Cognetic issue three. It, I just can't shake that story, but whatever. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, the, the, the link the thematic or conceptual link between mimetic and cognetic. Now, we haven't read the third uh, in the trilogy yet, so we can't speak on that. But what do you think, aside from the end of the world scenario, that's obvious. I don't think that's the link. That's It's common between the two of them, but I don't think that's the thing that's supposed to stitch these three stories together. What do you think it is, aside from the fact that everything goes to hell in both of them? That oh man, I, that, that that humans can't think for themselves. It, it's that's part of make, it. No, no, no. We, that, make, that, we make bad decisions, um, but we we there is well, there's there's a higher power um wow you you're right there really yeah i i mean i'm not saying i'm right but 
in my opinion, it's in mimetic and cognetic. It's the removal of humanity's free will by an external source. Mm. It is. Look at, I mean, in mimetic, the meme takes away reason and um, action, and it, it makes people just a shell, right? In cognetic, the same thing happens. These people, well, I don't want to call them people, this alien intelligence removes the the being that was inhabiting the shell, taking away, I mean, without permission in a lot of instances, it, it, it removes free will, it removes humanity, it removes everything that was that person by inhabiting their body. It's, it's, it's humanity supplanted by something else without permission, I guess I could say. It's a clumsy way to go about it, but it's just humanity supplanted by something, by an external source, and they can't do a damn thing about it. That's this, it's in mimetic and it's in cognetic. Now, the last one, we, we can only assume because we haven't read it yet. I haven't gotten mm. my first issue yet. Right. But these are bleak friggin' stories. Oh, yes. Really bleak. Disturbingly so. Like, these, th th these are horror stories. They're science fiction, sure, because in, in Cognetic, I don't even think we summarized it. Um, Dawn of Man, just as... You know, man is is about to create tools. They're 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 hunter gatherers at this point. Um, uh, it's it's Roswell all over again. At the dawn of man, this alien ship crashes, and this entity takes over. What is it? Five, six humans. Uh it is. Let's see. Uh, one, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six humans, and each one, the the overtaking in each person is illustrated by a different color. So we're and these aren't the first creatures that have been inhabited. No, so we're led to believe that. So it's one organism that plops out of this alien ship. So we're kind of led to believe that the, the one intelligence splinters into six different ones. Unless it's a, it is a hive mind. The, the, the home world from which these aliens come is, it, there's a hive mind. So it may be linking back to the hive, to the original source and infesting these people with different personalities. I mean, that, that would, that theory would be proven in the fact that Annie is unlike the others. If they were all from the same source, they would all be pretty much the same mannerisms where Annie, I think, is infested with humanity. Over her, she's, she's so, this, this entity is so old that I believe over a period of time she's been infected by humanity. She has compassion and 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 love where the other ones just don't they're just bloodthirsty butchers they mm -hmm. just they just use people like kleenexes and fling them into the toilet and flush 
you know, and then they move on to the next body. But they're they're seemingly immortal because they can, when when their their host expires, they just jump into another one. Um, so they they this this alien intelligence or intelligences take over this this primordial man and these beings that are inhabited with this alien alien mind live amongst humans, but they're not. They're alien. What's going on in their gray matter is not of this world, and and they 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 try and influence and overtake and and subjugate and and they've been not having a good time of it up until now. As um, cognetic number one begins, one of the uh, the intelligences starts really amping things up, and uh, a bunch of humans travel to the top of the Empire State Building. And they just fling themselves off. Now imagine that on the news. A bunch of people on the observation deck of the Empire State Building just walking up and over the, 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 the ledge and just flinging themselves off. And, and the story progresses from there. And, and bodies are inhabited and events unfold. And it's, it's just a great little series. But it's, it's, it's disturbing on a level that I don't think you're going to get from you know, tentacled horrors or, or uh, you know, like the, the creature feature. Those, those are fun and the shock value is, 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 is great. But this is a story that just, it's felt on a whole different level, I think. I'd agree. Yeah. But I love them. I hope they never stop these. I think they're going to run out of etic words. Words that end in etic. I, but I think... As of right now, um, eugenic is is supposed to be the last. And I'm buying these. In, I bought mimetic in singles. I bought uh, cognetic in trade, and I bought the the third one in singles. But I bet that that and this is uh, published by Boom, by the way. I bet that when all is said and done. They're going to take all nine issues and publish them in one volume. I, I asked Eric if, um, without giving anything away, um, without shooting anything in the foot as far as uh, future sales, but if uh, there was a possibility of, of there being a slipcase. So we'll see. I don't remember what he said. I don't think he did answer. Exactly. Yeah. You better question that comment. Investigate <laughs> it. <laughs> I follow him on Facebook. Me too. I think um, I should. Yeah, we share we, we we share similar philosophies. So there 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 are conversations that we've both um, been in that uh, when, when when you know the whole fight and the good fight thing. But uh, yeah. there's no. Um, he's a great artist. Um, oh, he absolutely is. because he doesn't overtake. Right. He's like Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where I like, I mean, Mike is consistent throughout. Uh, what I like about Eric is, is, is you can, even if Tinian didn't want to have a lot of words on the page, Eric's faces will still tell the story really, really well. Yeah. Um, there's there's pain, there's sorrow, there's um, not a lot of smiling because it's not always happy, but. No. There, there, are, there are moments where um, you you see someone 
try to um, think of happier times. But yeah. Um, I think Donovan's a minimalist. I agree. Yeah. I like that approach. That's a confident approach. I, I don't need a shit ton of lines to, to do what I got to do. Or to serve the narrative in a way that I think does it justice. I think that's the way, good way of putting it. He, he's not a... There's no Mobius style um, embellishment going on here. Even though mm -hmm. that's great. Legendary even. Uh, Donovan just does what needs to be done to tell the story. Exactly. Yep. All right, brother, you want to bring this home? I think we're about to bring this home. Woot, woot. Uh, not excited that we're ending. Just excited, period. It's, it's a short break. Yeah, we'll no, it's not really, though. We're two and a half hours. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> saying it's a short break until you and I talk yes, to each other. Yes, a again. day, a day. Yes. Um, as usual, brothers and sisters, this episode, this Halloween episode... Hey there, has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBeachService.com, where you can get all the stuff you love in the previous catalog for a fraction of the price printed on it somewhere. Uh, DCBeachService.com can save you a boatload of money. Go there. It's the smart thing to do. I have been um, putting this off for a while. And I'm getting sick. Well, I, I was getting sick of transferring it from my to talk about pile, my 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 red pile to my talk about pile, back to my red pile, back to my talk about pile. We have to talk about this because um, it was an unexpected joy. Published by Image. Entirely written by Joe Casey. Illustrated by Nathan Fox, Sonia Harris, um, Luke Parker, Brad Simpson, Russ, grab it. Russ Wooten, Jim Rugg, Adam Pruitt, um, let's see, Sam Harris, Wilfredo Torres, Max Casey, and that looks to be everyone. I hope I didn't exclude anyone. It is an anthology. It is called... Oh, I forgot the cover. Didn't I? I think I did. Say what? What about the no, cover? No, uh, Sonia Harris did the cover. Um, it is an anthology published by Image. It is called Annual. Annual. Simply called Annual. Um... It, uh, annual is here. Annual is now. Annual is a new format comic book anthology for the 21st century. And I have to agree with all of that. Um, it was totally unexpected. Not only when I had it in my hand, um, because it looks unlike most things on the shelf, but as I was going through it, as I was perusing its contents and, and devouring its contents, one story is unlike the next. Yeah. And it's all from the mind of, of Joe Casey and company. Um, it's text heavy. There is a lot of prose in here. Uh, there's an introduction by Casey called Anthology, 
anthologies don't sell. That's true. We've seen that. He questions why they don't sell. Uh, the first story is called Modern Romance, illustrated mm-hmm. by Nathan Fox and Company. That's great. I loved it. It's done. It's done in an, in an old timey um, Silver Age style, where a man uh, who, let's say, is a product of the 30s and or 40s. Always dresses in a suit, has his hat, you know, like men used to do. Some people would say real men. And and he's enamored with this girl and he's thinking about, uh, you know, asking her to marry him. And he's fretting over whether or not it's the right decision. And he suddenly finds himself in the present day. And he's he wigs out. He gets he goes over the, the you know, over the barrel and and. This woman that he that he hooks up with is um well she's a modern girl. Ragged hair, clipped her bangs off, she's got tats, she's into stamp. she's got a tramp stamp, she's into drugs, she's very free um sexually. Now leave it at that. How does he uh, <laughs> uh how is things reco- how are things reconciled? There is a story that's done in, in entirely done. It's called uh, abstractions, in which we present the exquisite art of letter form, communication, free of constraint and distraction. Consider a minor variation. No context is new context. Well, they're 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 dialogue balloons pulled out of context and made into a sequential narrative. Tom Scholey's in here. I mean, there's stuff from from works that um, other works that Casey has done, and it's just it's strange, but in a, in a William Burroughs kind of way, the the, the cut up technique, which this is, this is Burroughs cut up technique applied to comics within the the Casey verse, I guess you could say. It's fun. It's neat. Did you love this, or, or did you just find this a, a you know cute distraction? Oh, I I, I loved the uh, the abstractions. The but do you mean the book overall? No, the just the dialogue balloon thing. Yeah, no, that was great. I got yeah. a huge kick out of that. I, I because that there are times where I'll um I've just taken random photos of of word balloons or panels and uh, of of comics and, and Instagram. So I, I loved seeing that on the pages here. The content that really made me question my, uh, my appreciation of it was, uh, the winter national. Yeah, it definitely caused it to lose a star in the ratings. Really? See, initially, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, this Luke Parker cat, he's a an inferior Mignola clone. I can see that. The approach is well within the Mike Mignola wheelhouse. He uses shadows the same way. His... Uh, his approach to the, the the human form is 
right out of the, the Mignola um, rule book. But as, as I'm, I went back and read it again because I, I didn't want to demean I, – I don't like to demean anybody's work without maybe understanding it first. Mm-hmm. I do think the Mignola influence is strong in this and and this is the bulk of the book like this this winter national that that's my problem with it it there's a lot of it it takes up a lot of the content the pages and um so i thought all right this guy's just a mignola knockoff and yeah this is fun and it's even even uh conceptually and and the the theme of this winter it's it's it could be a an a lost tale of the bprd Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a like a like a neo primitive approach to to uh the Mignola verse. Which I find kinda cool. Like it's not I don't believe it's Luke Parker thinking I'm gonna ape Mignola. Maybe. I kind of think that it's this guy's work has had such a profound influence on me that I'm going to make comics in the same spirit. That could be the same thing. I don't know. I still, I mean, obviously, I still haven't figured it out. But when you see this, it's it's very close to what goes on over in the in the Mignola verse. Do do you feel the same way? Yes. Do you find that a, a, an asset or or, or a, a detriment? As far as this particular story, I didn't uh, I didn't find it a detriment. I kind of love it. I wish I could say why. My, I don't I don't want to waste people's time by trying to figure out why. Like right now, there's something about it that's just it's joyful. I, I think my problem was it that it's it is just too much of it there was i mean it, it's an anthology so i would have liked to have seen those I, i'd like to seen that that story shortened so that it was just in that one block of pages and then we can give the other um the other pages to another short story uh it just and it went from because it, it was it's it follows abstractions and then we have uh, one, two, three, th- three stories before we're back at it again. Yeah, and one of them so is, it, it, is a prose piece, and that, and the other is a one-page strip. Yeah, the uh, the prose piece was pulled from um, sex number ten, so it's a previously published piece, mm-hmm. which I didn't care. Because I don't read sex, so I found it very enjoyable. Um, then you got Odin's Mighty Return, which was illustrated by the uh, disturbingly talented Jim Rugg and uh, Adam Pruitt, and it's it's exactly what the title would uh, suggest. Odin um, comes to Earth, and it's a it's a big story. And then you have. Um, uh, 
a, uh, a tale written by Joe Casey's son and drawn by Joe Casey's <laughs> son, Max Casey, and Joe Casey inked it. Um, and then there's uh, Dylan Casey. So it's like a family affair. But then David's right. There's more Winter National. And I'm thinking if you count the pages of this Winter National thing, this may have been done as, um, you know, a, a two or three issue project, but didn't get published. And Casey said, well, we have all this content. Why don't we just stick it in this annual thing? That could be it. That could be. But um, not to end on a, I mean, on a down note. I I enjoyed it. the 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 gold within the pages of this first annual is a a faux history on a um, comics company that that never existed, complete with um, tales of their their characters and. And publishing escapades, and none of it ever happened. But reading this, if you didn't know better, you'd think that this was a real thing, just in the manner by which it's presented. You get example panels of previously published works that were never previously published, and uh, characters that don't exist, and and covers that never happened. But it's all done tongue in cheek, and and in a in a in a way that lends you to believe, especially when they include a story that supposedly was was published in Crimebuster Comics number six. Again, that never. It's not. It was. It doesn't exist. But this is like a pseudo history of a comics company, and I just thought this was brilliant. It's it's like finding a void in comics history and filling it. I loved it. That that to me was worth the price of the this this thing alone. And it wasn't expensive. It's it's 9.99. And it's what um what would you say 128 pages? Uh pretty much, yes. Yeah. It's it's a great value. I I can't wait to see another one. But since it's called annual, I'm only going to get one a year. Loved it. May may be on my my single issue, uh, the running for the single issue thing on the the one shot on the 11 o'clockers. I'll allow it. Okay. And every one of the, the... the end papers is, I don't want to call them end papers, interstitial pages that say annual over and over and over again, designing. Every one of them's different. That's yeah. class. That's class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, the, uh, the crown buster. I, I like that too. That was, um, it, it, it started and ended really, really well. The, I yeah. mean, the whole, the whole package with, with the, uh, with the forward and then the, uh, and then Fox's modern romance story, and ending with the the uh, Angelo Torres. Um, I, I 
I like this a lot. I mean, I, I, I was attracted to it because of the, um, it's like 1983, 82, whatever the, the <laughs> trade dress was for the DC annuals that year. Um, but mostly the Batman one. Well, this was yes. The cover is is a is a tribute to the the Batman cover that Trevor Von Eden illustrated yes. uh, for that annual for that year. Um, Color palette's exactly the same. Yes. So the but if you didn't pick this up, then uh, y'all should because yeah, we got it for it, five it, bucks. Yeah. Yep. Totally worth it, and and it's you know and it's. There are probably stories that can continue next annual, but you know, I mean, everything's right here in these two covers. So, so definitely, um, I co-sign that. Ah, I think you should revisit the Winter National because it's giddy, it's giddy fun. I, I there's for just you, a lot I, of it. There's just a lot of it. There is. That's what I'll 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 push that aside. Um, you won't. No, I'm saying that the fact that there's a lot of it. Oh, but I will. I will. I'll. I'll. For you, I'll struggle on. Um, in your travels, go ahead and finish Secret Weapons because it's only four issues right now. The fourth issue is out. Um, Vince and I didn't get to talk about it tonight, so instead, I won't write that down in the show notes. Then, no. Um, I think that book is too good to just say read this yeah Yeah. and and secret weapons yeah uh this one you could probably put end but it's a um i was impressed with it because it i need to find out lately in the past few years if this is the person who's given me stories that i've enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man number 790. What? Plot by Dan Slott. Written, the script, is by Christos Gage. Uh, 790, you said? 790. Wow. Pencils and Ink, Stuart Eminent, and Wade Von Grawbadger. This is part two of The Fall of Parker. Um, It does look like... Peter's old costume is back because what I said last time about that Ray spider on the back, it does not look that way. Oh, so I hate it, that. It, the raised? Yeah. No, the, the glowy thing. Oh, no, that's gone. Thank God. Yes. Uh, it's a it's pretty nifty heist issue. Uh, the issue starts off with Peter apologizing to everybody he's hurt and, and people who were affected by, not everybody, obviously. Um, he's not talking to a pitcher of Gwen, but it, it's a, <laughs> there's, it's a, uh, he's uh, as, as CEO uh, of, of Parker Industries, he's, um, he's talking to users of his product. And uh, it seems as though, if I'm, pe- if I'm able to piece everything, Correctly, I'm no fucking Batman, but it seems that uh, he he used the technology in the webware to um, to everybody who was connected to it, everybody who had a Parker Industries device, 
um, the big bad that 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 Spider-Man was fighting in order to stop it and from that person wreaking more havoc and probably harming more people. Um, I'm guessing everybody's devices went off at the same time. I don't know if it made an alarm. I don't know if what, what, what it did exactly, but it stopped the attack. And unfortunately though, doing that, um, it, it, uh, it caused people to, um, basically having every asset and every shred of data that they had on Parker Industries databases. He he did it to keep it out of Dr. Octopus's hands. So basically it's a whole scorched earth type thing. Um but people basically everybody hates Peter Parker now. Uh so Spider Man isn't the most hated person in New York. Um but he's he's going on his apology tour and and trying to um, make right as best as he can. And there's one last bit of business, and he has to actually sell the building Parker Industries was in. But you may remember that that building was previously owned by the Fantastic the tenants Four. Were the Fantastic Four? Yeah. So Johnny Storm is not too pleased. Because, as Peter said, when he bought the building, the Fantastic Four will always have a home here. He's just holding it until the FF can get their shit together and have a comic book again and they can come home. So they, now that Peter has to sell it so that he can try to make right uh, all the wrong he's done, Johnny's not too happy. So while Johnny and Spidey are are arguing and and fighting about this, uh, there's one person who was hired by Parker Industries, who just wants what's his. He wants to take his technology back, something that he was working on while an employee of Parker Industries. He wants to make sure it's still his. So he breaks into the Baxter building to get it. That person is Clayton, also known as The Clash. So the person who, um, the bad guy who... Peter Parker gave a second chance to uh, is basically kind of going back to his roots, but it, it only because he just wants to make sure that it doesn't get liquidated with everything else that, that Parker has to, has to give up. Um, the art is absolutely slamming. It is a beautiful freaking book. Uh, I like Eminem's version of clash. Um, henchmen continue to be idiots and, um, because they are idiots, everybody kind of has to work together. But overall, um, it was a it was a solid issue. The uh, Peter and or Spidey and Johnny have a heart to heart at the top of the Empire, uh, uh, top of the Baxter Building. Uh, while they're having that conversation, Joe Robertson calls Pete and says that um, asked him if he'd like to work for the Daily Bugle. Um, no, not taking photos. This is about science and it's to be continued at that point. So, um, as, as you and I were hoping, it, it seems as though, um, things are going to kind of go back to the way we kind of prefer them to be. And, and I will see what happens at the end of the fall of Parker. If, um, 
At this point, it almost might be anticlimactic if if anticlimactic if Christos Gage becomes the new writer of Amazing Spider-Man because he's pretty much been working with Slot over the years. Every 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 story, every issue that that Slot has plotted, Gage has written. So um, it's it's I don't know if that's really passing of the torch it, it's it's so but i do like gage's take on the characters I, I i like this issue um maybe more than the previous issue so i'll i'll uh i'll see where i'll continue to see where things are going mostly because um i miss the look of this spider-man but i i really really like stewards and wade's art on this book um good team they're a fantastic team but this was this this was uh this was a good issue there are um there there's some pretty nifty nifty moments throughout so um that is um that's my gift to you on this halloween wow i'm glad you're enjoying it yeah i mean i'm i'm almost no, maybe not almost. It's uh, I, I feel like I could be getting there to enjoying a. I mean, it's, it's not. I really can't say I'm not enjoying a Spider-Man book since I just got done talking about this one for the past few minutes. But it's it's um. It doesn't erase the past. You're in change, but I think we're getting there. Baby steps. Okay, everyone. Hey, thank you for being here with us again on this uh, Jason-less episode. He will return on Thursday. Better. Um, he will. Um, we, uh, we implore you to check out our Facebook page and come to our website proper, 11oClockComics.com. We're on the Twitters. We got the Patreon thing. we have any shout-outs this uh, episode or no? Uh, no. Hmm. The cover a day thing is still up and running. Thanks to David suggesting that I schedule posts. (laughs) (laughs) Too much behind the scenes. I know. Uh, That's always kicking. So uh, look at our our Patreon stuff. What is it? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no no, uh, apostrophe, 11 o'clock comics. We hope you have had a wonderful and safe Halloween, and we'll be back in two days with our Book of the Month episode for uh, Lock and Key. In the meantime, because you know what happens when you're not here, somebody, and I'm not naming names, gets all pissy. Say goodnight. David. Good night. You're doing it in your head, aren't you? David. Wow. It's, it's, a little, uh, you, it's you, memorized. You, you were lagging on that whole. Uh, I was. With the with, with, with the background noise. Sorry. It's all right. It won't I'll happen let, again. I'll let it slide. Let slide be your new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Thank you for being here with us. Bye bye. There's. I am-